Captain's Gong Show, Star Trek. Varus. I'm Comrade Britain. And I'm Changeling Torturer Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS My Pillow, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go. To make horrible decisions with lore. Soy Trek the Podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest. Patrick and Britain. Talking, joking, farting and shitting. Star Trek, like our buttholes, the show is Rex. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek right in your ears. Oh boy! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the old Bridgeroo. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm Comrade Britain. I'm Pat. The podcast is Soy Trek. The Star Trek podcast where two Trekkies ask themselves, have we learned nothing? Ever? We just don't learn. No. 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 Do we just like, (laughs) let's, let's, let's make worse decisions than we ever have before. Let's just set new precedent for bad decisions. Yeah. Let's stick our dicks in the blender. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the ninja chop. Yeah. Let's stick in our dongs in the ninja chop. And then, you know, we somehow get three wishes from a genie. (laughs) Wish for our our dicks back and then stick them in a blender again. Cause why the fuck not? Yeah. You wish for, you wish for a new dick and a new blender. You got one wish left, you know, you're that's profit right there, baby. Uh, So here's a new announcement. Uh, Due to requests on the internet, we are now beefing uh, with the Greatest Generation podcast. What? Yeah, we're we're beefing with them now. Who are they? They're they're like a really big uh, Star Trek comedy podcast. Really? Yeah, we're like the more leftist, um, more long form version of what they do. Oh, I never even heard of them. Yeah, so we're beefing with them now. Um, but oh, for real? What what happened? Well, see, this here's the thing: people just wanted someone for them to beef with, I guess, mm. and uh, no one was taking it. So I'm like, all right, we'll 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 beef with them. Okay. And uh, so that's that's the thing. I don't know what a podcast beef looks like. I I don't think you do either. No, I mean I, that's the thing. Like I've heard of like you know rat beefs where uh-huh. you know you yeah you, you, I'm I'm thinking it's like that right? Yeah, you create a you create a song dissing them. Yeah. So do do we do we just do a full four long form <laughs> podcast where we just like critique their show <laughs> <laughs> and their jokes? I don't I, right. I, I don't I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I don't listen to the show. At, we show up at their house. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just we, we just send we just send them satellite photos of their house. And- <laughs> yeah, drone drone th- photos of their wives dressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. So, uh, I, I decided we're just going to do this beef on as little information as possible. Okay. Uh, and so here's here's the thing you should know. Their ho- the host names are Ben and Adam. All okay. Right? All right, so you, uh, hey, greatest generation. Ben and Adam, huh? Yeah, yeah, more like uh, Benjamin Franklin and John Adams. Whoa, got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because they're both old, <laughs> like older than us, I think. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they are the greatest generation, so I'm guessing that's boomers. 
I think they're more Gen Xers, maybe mm. like late millennials. Okay. Oh, here's here's another thing. Uh, both both Ben Franklin and uh, John Adams were both played by Paul Giamatti. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He played uh, Ben Franklin in like a Verizon commercial. Oh, good for him. So <laughs> he was also in uh, the um, and Agent Cody Banks. And Big Fat. No, was he? I thought it was Big Fat Liar he was in. Oh, that's right. He was a Big Fat Liar. Yeah. Okay, I'm missing, up, I'm missing up my Frankie Muniz films. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, Ben and Adam. Yeah, beef's on, brothers. Beef's on. No, sorry, you guys can't make ice cream like Ben and Jerry's. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm that's, sure. that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Put that, put that in the bank, baby. <laughs> I'm sure they're nice fellas. I don't care. We're beefing. So we have ads now, as you may have noticed. Uh, do you not want ads? Well, soldiers, for as little as two bucks a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbadbs. And not only get ad-free episodes, but you get them all at once in high-quality stereo. Uh, also, if you're super cool and pay us $5 a month or more, we mention your name and say thank you on the podcast to people just like Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Ian Killia, Jonah Hearn, Jordan Hale, Shane Sawyer, Nick Savard, David Craning Sites, Adam Zendel, Cappies, Emma Glavish, and Electric Baphomet, all of whom are cool as hell and deserve, yeah, cool. deserve a nice end table. So if you have a free hmm. end table to give them, everybody loves a good end table. Yeah, actually, I'm, I kind of need one now, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, it, an end table is really what you want it to be, as long as you put it at the end of something, right? Yeah. I feel, right? I mean, you can put, like, a dining room table at the end of something. Technically, just a really big-ass end table. You know, in my in my most most bachelor, like, uh, crustiest versions of myself, I just use, you know, milk crates. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, if you work at a grocery store, especially, they're free. Yeah, they're just, free hanging, real they're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah I've, 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 ha- I've also had pickle buckets. Mm-hmm. So I worked at a restaurant. We just got giant buckets of pickles, and I would take buck- pickle buckets home and turn them into mouse traps. Use them as a... <laughs> I was I was basically Charlie from yeah, yeah. Philadelphia. What was basically <laughs> yeah. in the past tense? I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, you were. I, yeah. I, I still have a little bit of Charlie in me. A little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so also, if you give ten dollars or more a month, you get full access to my Plex server, the Media Dungeon, which has over fifteen thousand films and over five hundred shows, updated daily with new stuff, just like. <clears throat> excuse me. All of the Big Bad Beetleborgs, including the latter metallic season, which I didn't have up until now. And it's in better quality than I had it before. I got the hookup on a a, dope rip of the Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Like fucking... Big Bad Beetleborgs was was one of those shows like mm. just like Power Rangers clones. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was so much better because it took place inside a haunted mansion. And yeah, it's just absolutely insane. And, and the fucking and I, I gotta say, like the fucking theme is next level. Oh it, yeah, the lyrics are like three typical average kids in a haunted mansion, just by luck, free a ghost who made them Beetleborgs, <laughs> and that's Beetleborgs. the and that's the entire <laughs> entire fucking story. That's the whole story. Yeah. They're just there in that song. It's amazing. Yeah. And they fight fucking monsters and shit then. Yeah, and for some reason this uh, ghost that looks like Jay Leno and Liberace is very <laughs> yes. is very interested in like in uh saving the world through uh child soldiers. We love karate child soldiers though, don't we yeah. folks? Especially when you give them cool costumes and make them like metal, yeah. make them wear metal in the hot sun. <laughs> Fighting monsters. <laughs> oh, oh, this poor stuntman. Yeah, right. Um, so, I also got um, 
basically everything Adult Swim has ever made. Oh, hells yeah. I'm, I'm missing like five series they've made, but uh, I've got like everything they made. Uh, Freddy's Nightmares. You ever heard of Freddy's Nightmares? Uh-uh. Uh, it was like uh, Freddy Krueger. It's a, a kind of a anthology horror show hosted by none other than the man himself, Freddy Krueger. What? Um, you know, uh, uh, Robert Anglin. That's the name yes. I'm searching for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I also got all that of That was the- on Adult Swim? Um, no, 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 no. That was in the eighties. Uh, that was on uh, like, yeah, something way early. Uh, I also got all of the Chris Isaac show. Okay. Which, yeah. Which is, uh, the show it was on Showtime. It was a comedy. It's actually pretty good. And I just love Chris Isaac. Yeah. The musician. Yeah. All right. Wasn't he in, uh, Independence Day? Or no, I'm thinking of, uh, some, I'm thinking of Harry Connick Jr. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's dumbidiotbs, which stands for bullshit. But you know what else it stands for? Beetleborgs. Uh, yeah, let's go with. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's just the beginning and end of Beetleborgs. I'm going to go with Beetleborg sperm. Oh, yeah. Because I guess they do because they became adults as Beetleborg. So you assume that they would just constantly just go through puberty and then back, back again. No, no they became like adult Asian men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how those shows work, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like they just took all the fighting action from a, a show. From another show, yeah. And then, yeah, just inserted scenes of like, you know, kids <laughs> talking and shit. And so like... And, then, and a ghost and a vampire and... Yeah. Uh, a frankenstein i think it was and also a mummy yes correct yeah. ghost vampire frankenstein yes that's correct and, <laughs> and the the they called him frankie was the frankenstein yeah. flabber was the ghost yes i love flabber. uh i forget what mummies and, and the wolf man mm-hmm. i think they just called him wolfie right yeah i think so yeah oh man i wish i could go back let's make this a big battle Be- beetleborgs <laughs> yeah. podcast that would right? be fun actually like we could just re- review every single episode of big bad, big bad beetleborgs Yep. <laughs> well, we could. Um, so, yeah, what uh, what what did we watch this week, Mr. Patrick? Uh, we watched episode, uh, season three of, of Picard, episode seven, mm-hmm. Dominion. You got it, baby. Yeah. Let's get Picard Let's get Everybody, we are back on the bridge. Welcome back to the bridge. We're watching uh, Star Trek Picard this week. We just watched it together. Yeah. I took notes yesterday. Watched it a couple times yesterday. All right. Star Trek Picard, uh, episode seven of season three. This is the 27th episode overall in the series and the 880th episode overall in Star Trek. Damn. Yep. Uh, this one's called Dominion, uh, and it is written by Jane Maggs, uh, who wrote episodes four, six, and seven of season two of Picard. Mm. So that's those were the bad ones. Those are some of the, th- those are those are not the worst ones though. The no. worst ones, in my opinion, were like eight and nine. Like made me go, wait, what? Are one of those episodes the um, the uh, the uh, FBI episode? 
where they where they were in where they were taken out with. I, th- I think so. I think that one. Yeah, is, that was one of the worst it. ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like a cost cutting episode, and um, you know, it was it was a thing like, hey, we have this room we could use as a set. One or this room that we use on another show for CBS that films here. Yeah, why don't we use that? <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's they, they it is Dutch for a day they're just like all right yep. <laughs> uh, and uh she also wrote for alex kurtzman's other show the man who fell to earth or his other sci-fi show okay and uh then this one's directed by uh deborah Campmeyer, who directed this episode and the next episode and uh she is directed for tales of the walking dead uh clarice and one episode of disco before Okay. Star Trek Disco. So, you know, uh, she has credentials in doing sci-fi stuff. Yeah. All right. We open on the USS Titan A, hiding with minimum power in the Chintoka scrapyard uh, amidst the wreckage of the battles fought around there, while Seven of Nine reaches out to her old friend, Captain Tuvok. There's mm-hmm. some information about Riker's whereabouts, and it it breaks into this pretty quick. Like mm-hmm. you can hear his voice in the first like few seconds of the episode. Yeah, and it, it pretty quickly reveals, "Hey, oh, we got two Vok, baby," which was a nice little surprise at the very beginning. And as a you know, as a full blooded uh, Vulcan, he is aged horribly. <laughs> Because supposedly, like, he shouldn't have aged. This is, like, 15 years in the future, right? Or, no, no, no. This is, yeah, from when Voyager returns, because they return in, no, 75. So this is 25 years in the future. But, yeah, he's he's, he's pretty rough for a Vulcan, I'd say. Yeah, for a Vulcan, like, he should. But, I mean, obviously, like, they can't. (laughs) They're not going to spend the entire, yeah, makeup budget, like, fucking, or, you know, de-age him like they did with Picard. Get get the Irishman de-aging technology. But you know what? I'm actually totally so much better with them just doing nothing and being like a EH, whatever. Yeah. Than them like doing the 20 years younger Picard and making him look like a fucking seal. Yeah. With how smooth <laughs> oh, yeah. he is. Oh, like, that was terrifying. No, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was straight up some like, uh, um, uh, not Benicio del Toro. Uh, what's the director's name? Benicio. Oh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, sorry. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it was a very like Guillermo del Toro looking monster. Yes. Like, yeah, he looked like um, a Kelpian, honestly, <laughs> yeah. a little bit there. Yeah. Very uh, displeasing. Actually, you know, they didn't actually use any technology to de-age him. All they did was like form a, jo- a huge knot on the back of his head. <laughs> the, so, they put like, a paper clip there. <laughs> yeah. There was like one of those like um, those. uh those toe hitches just like they're just like <laughs> cranking it tighter and tighter. Then they had it dyed green so they could digitally did remove that. But they just had the toe hitches like <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I look young again. <laughs> How do I look? And it's like he probably looks like he looks like a like a cinnabite. <laughs> like, just like his I mean, he kinda did look like a cinnabite <laughs> yeah. when they DH'd him, so anyway, um <laughs> So Seven Iron reaches out to Tuvok for information on Riker's whereabouts. And as we saw in the last episode, uh, Riker had been captured by Vedic and was being tortured by him for information on how to get to Picard. So Tuvok replies that Riker uh, is not reported to Starfleet or uh, was not reported to be in Starfleet custody at all. Um, Seven glances over at Captain Shaw and Tavine, the Hobbit Vulcan, who are analyzing Tuvok's voice. Tavine nods, indicating that it matches, and th- this is kind of corny. Like the the yeah. music, the music with all of this. I- I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I kind of hated the music in this episode. Yeah, they've been doing so well on like 
not doing a ro- emotionally wrought music in the middle of scenes just to like try to evoke shit. And this episode, it was like all over the place, mm-hmm. which was not my favorite. Yeah, decision. and also it got unnecessarily loud at a lot of moments. It did, and like it just kind of like. Uh, took over the entire scene honestly like you yeah i could focus on the music and i think too that like a lot of people don't think about this is probably i'm gonna guess mixed in 5.1 and so in 5.1 you have a center channel which pretty much all dialogue is fed through Mm -hmm. and if you're listening to stuff in stereo it doesn't really have that dimension at all and so it just gives you basically the the two outer channels and so the dialogue doesn't cut through music at all (laughs) and so if you're listening to stuff on stereo like like we do here because i don't have a full surround sound setup i just have a 3.1 system um, you know, it, it's, it sounds off. Yeah. A little, a little bit off. And like sometimes, yeah, the dialogue can just be drowned out, which is not a fun thing. Mm. Not a fun thing. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I don't think you can actually choose on, uh, Paramount plus to do stereo or 3.1 or 5.1, which kind of stinks. I think it's just automatic. Mm. Anyway, Tuvok replies that uh, Riker was not reported in Starfleet custody. They check his voice, seems to be checking out. Seven then asks about the last time Tuvok had seen Admiral Janeway. Tuvok admits it had been some time, but expects she is preparing for Frontier Day, which is in 36 hours from now. And the entire fleet is being assembled in the Sol system around Earth for the celebration. So Tuvok explains uh, the belief that everything they found points to a larger conspiracy and asks if Tuvok could connect them to somebody that they could possibly trust. Tuvok seems apologetic when he replies it could be difficult, given everybody's status as fugitives at this point. Tavine and Shaw at this point are still monitoring uh, the response to check his voice. Uh, but the analysis comes back inconclusive. Uh oh. And the music at this point is like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's just like very inconclusive, um, mm-hmm. which is whatever. I mean, obvi- I mean, I feel like if they can, ma- like, flawlessly recreate, uh, like people from like from cells, you know, basically mm-hmm. like full, uh, full the genetic testing. Like, I'm sure they can. Do do, do do a voice. <laughs> do, a do, voice. Do, do a little impression. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, right? Like, they, they can impersonate their DNA, right? <laughs> but, like, but like doing their accent and, like, yeah. But, you know, there, there's some things, I guess, like, things that only certain people would know. But. <laughs> he starts talking Creole. <laughs> like, oh, hello, Seven. How you doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go make a gumbo. You want a gumbo? You want some gumbo Everybody now. like a gumbo. Um, so Tavine and Shaw are monitoring the response, but the analysis comes back inconclusive. Seven acknowledges the complexities of the issue are like a house of cards, uh, much like the games of, uh, call toe that they used to play together. Mm. Uh, Tuvok then says, uh, indeed that she had beaten him countless times, which further seems to reinforce that she is dealing in fact with the real Tuvok and she like nods to everyone and the music goes like duh yeah he's the right Tuvok and I'm like fuck you music Uh, so he agrees to meet with her to find new allies Seven suggests meeting on uh, Acleon 7 where she had her neural pattern stabilized and Tuvok agrees and then Seven turns and the music changes and uh, she's like, uh, yeah, no Vulcan would go to Acleon 7 after the anti-colonar demonstrations there. And 
my neural patterns had been stabilized on the USS Voyager during a mind meld by my friend Tuvok, who is not you. Oh, shit. And then Tuvok, uh, Tuvok smirks and he's like, <laughs> and immediately grows a mustache and starts twirling it. It was crazy. They should have, I mean, he's a changeling. And they yeah, yeah. They should have been like, <laughs> oh, I thought I got you, seven of nine. <laughs> but <laughs> far too crafty for me. <laughs> So, um, but we get some of that from Vatic later. So, yeah, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> uh, the changeling like laughs and smirks, and uh, LaForge, Jordy LaForge, sorry, I can't just say LaForge anymore. Jordy LaForge, who's now back, warns that the comm signal is now being traced. Seven demands to know uh, what they've done to the real Tuvok and if he's alive, as he would have known about their call toe games. Uh, the Tuvok changeling responds only that all of the Titan crew will think that death is a relief when they're done with them. Damn. Yeah, right? That, that one was, I kind of like that line. That was pretty yeah. fun. Um, Picard steps forward, demanding to know where Riker is. The changeling's face changes to that of Riker, but he's like a zombie Riker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just wrote in my notes... Uh, LOL zombie Riker. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty stupid. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, oh, me? Like you? I'm as good as dead. And, <laughs> but, but is like zombie Riker. And I was just like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's like, all right. All yeah, right. right. This is cartoonish now. <laughs> uh, so Picard tells Jordy to cut the communication. Uh, Jordy warns that they cannot keep doing this, and perhaps it was time they accepted their situation. Picard looks around at the others and says, "We're on our own." And uh, that's that's when we we're get on uh, our own. That's, uh, that's <laughs> opening titles there. So after that, we go to a conference room on the Titan, and Picard asks about Worf, and Jordy reports that he and Raffi had been observing Starfleet security at Exoport, and confirmed that there was no report of Riker in custody, and that they're on their way back. So, you know, who knows what's going on with that there. Yeah, like, uh, that'd be funny if that's just, like, the end of, of their whole journey, of side journey to bring back Riker. Just like, <laughs> oh yeah, they went. He wasn't there, so they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they're obviously going to get Riker by the end, though, right? But hey, you know, I'm hoping for um, a heroic sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, I'd be cool with that too. Yeah, and like, and the thing too is like with with how I mean, uh, well, yeah, we'll get into it more. We'll get into it more. The more we get into the episode, and the more we find out about Jack Crusher Picard. <laughs> um, so. Picard says they are running out of time. Oh, sorry. No, wait. Uh, Picard asks about Worf, and Jordy reports that uh, they haven't found him, um, and they're on their way back. Uh, and not a moment too soon, he adds, as short of hiding in junkyards like Chintoka, he's running out of places to hide the crew. So Picard adds that they're also running out of time, that Frontier Day is coming in 36 hours, and they still have to expose the conspiracy to Starfleet somehow. Beverly Crusher speaks up, having been uh, weighing a moral dilemma. Whether the new changeling's physiology is evolved or engineered, it does make them unique, and the best way to expose them is through their uniqueness. Through a weapon that exposes that uniqueness, or a tool... Um, Something like a virus. Maybe they should try one of those. <laughs> I want to design a virus. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so... 
yeah, yeah, they already kind of did that, but yeah. that that <laughs> is, you know, a war crime. Yeah. And so, like, I do like that they're, like, weighing this decision, although it's mm. kind of weird that, like, you know, a ship's doctor is doing it who has, like, been out of practice and really isn't in Starfleet or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she could she could be wildly incompetent now. Who knows? She could be, be a little... Yeah, was she mind. ever actually reinstated in Starfleet? I guess not. I don't remember her actually being reinstated at any point. I think the other doctor was just mad that she was there and they kind of let her keep doing her thing. Hmm. I don't know. Like, do you remember her actually Crusher being reinstated? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I think I think she specifically says that she's been out of uh, Starfleet for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But you know this this question at least is a mortal quandary, and it does sound like Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'll allow it. Yeah. So. Her dilemma, uh, however, is that it might require some sort of biological solution, like uh, targeting the species on their biology, uh, she says, would be tantamount to genocide, uh, thinking of the uh, morphogenic virus used during the Dominion War. And she's right, you know. Um, She knows they're desperate, but is concerned about crossing a line, she says. And Mm -hmm. yeah, she should be. Picard asks her to look into what she can find, and they would weigh the moral implications if and when it became a necessity. All right, that sounds pretty Picard. I'm I'm okay with all this. Yeah. So Picard uh, then thinks on how he's supposed to be involved in the Frontier Day ceremonies, and uh, they try to address this, which he says um, requires, as uh, him being a presenting admiral there, requires a a genetic verification of his identity. (laughs) Which I was like, okay, that's, yeah. all right, that's fine. Uh, Jordy wonders if the theft of his original body from Daystrom Institution and the Changeling's efforts to capture Jack Crusher are part of a plan to use both of their DNA together to create a perfect genetic double of Picard. Well, I like, or what I think would probably be be like if they, if that was the plan. Mm-hmm. I think it would be be smarter to like just um, sort of do like in Gattaca, where like they they have changelings have a changeling turn into Picard, mm-hmm. and then like just take DNA from the corpse, put it on the hand or whatever. That that's an interesting idea, but yeah. but I mean, that's the thing though is like would the changeling be? I mean, I guess if they yeah got a hold of the original Picard, they could do that. That yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. like and. And, or, or yeah, like, the, just take the genes straight from the dead Picard. There's yeah. tons of genetic information in there. You're not going to make a better clone of Picard using his and his son's DNA. That doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. <laughs> the Romulans did, already did this. Yeah, it, li- like, literally, <laughs> the changelings could have stolen the shit from the Romulans. Like, they didn't need to go through all this effort. Yeah. Actually, they couldn't. It was probably on Romulus that got blew up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, never mind. Um, I don't know. But, um... If this is the plan, this is the dumbest plan of all time. (laughs) And I'm just, like, writing off this entire season. And this is what I'm afraid of is, like, the the season's been getting progressively, I don't know, better-ish up until the last episode. I feel like this one's not quite as good, but it's it's fine. Mm. Um, Like, I'm I'm afraid they're going to just, like, 
get into a big jumbled mess in the last few episodes, like, you know, like Discovery Season 2 did. Yeah. To where I'm like, oh, I'm on board. I'm on board. Wait, okay, what are you saying? And then by the last two episodes, like, every single line has, like, a ton of consequence in it, like like an, in an Uwe Boll film. Yeah. Like, to where there's, like, no levity. There's, like, nothing, no camaraderie. It's just, like... This line's important. This line's important. This line's important. Information, information, information. Mm-hmm. And it's all just packed into that with a bunch of explosions. And I'm yeah. just like, I, I don't, I don't get what's going on anymore. <laughs> I, it, either, either I'm just, I have too much ADHD to follow all this, or it's it's convoluted. And I mm-hmm. think it's the latter. Yeah. And I'm very afraid this is where this is going at this point because I mean we have three episodes left, and like they they just revealed like the villain's motive yeah but also it doesn't really make any sense but we'll get to that yeah yeah because the the villain's like bent on vengeance now and before they were just like me (laughs) anyway so picard also has the same fear that they're going to create another picard dude's fucking really full of himself he is i mean the fucking romulans did it once and they they gave up because they're like no this is a dumb idea also wouldn't have been it would be smarter instead of like you know making a that that, if that's what picard thinks their plan is Mm -hmm. instead of making making a picard that can pass through a a genetic test just be the guy that's administering the genetic test and just get close enough and for a bomb shut your fucking mouth pat (laughs) plus there's like changelings everywhere supposedly pat shut your fucking mouth <laughs> like they could make any rules they want don't they could, they could be they could take the they could be they could be the guy that's administering the test and be like he passes don't go, <laughs> don't go making sense here i mean consider this they could be an active admiral with real material power yeah yeah and like do something with that yeah clearly do- they're pretty much everywhere yeah so it's just like they're 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 taking over tuvok for some reason and yeah, they've taken over every every level of, of Starfleet except that we the know Admiralty, of. and they're just leaving uh, that alone and just like uh, we we want the retired Admiralty. We can yeah. exercise so much more power with the admirals who you know some people kind of don't like a lot because they did maybe technically some war crimes at least in the body that they're yeah. in, but maybe not. I don't know because he's not in the same body anymore. So yeah. I, I don't know. Oh yeah. So he's not also, even locutus as the body. Uh, that also that, that doesn't make any sense. What? Why? Like why? Like the, why would they? Why would a? They know he's in a in a robot body. Uh-huh. So why would he need to pass a genetic test? It's not going to be his genetics anyway. That's a <laughs> great point. That's oh a great God. point. I just, I just that's realized. a that's that's a <laughs> wow. Like, like they he's, know he's yeah. a fucking robot. Yeah, I mean, do they? like yeah do they have to like open him up and be like yeah he's full of wires yeah he's full of wires and they could easily just replicate that they're like oh yeah he's got wires inside of him like if he did like that's the thing like if he could pass a genetic test Mm -hmm. that would actually be a bigger red flag than if he (laughs) okay so if if they want think about think about this if they want to god this no 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 this is gonna piss you off even more are you ready for this so so if they want to make a perfect replica of Picard and they need to do a genetic test on him, which means ensuring that he's in a positronic body. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what was just stolen? The only other positronic body that we know about in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> yeah. 
lore lore or slash data lore, whatever data lore yeah and so they could be using him and so it's yeah uh, it, yep cool 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 yeah yeah he's he says this forgetting that he's a robot yeah I'd forget if I was a robot too, especially if I was like a hundred years old. I don't know. I think I think it would be all I could ever think about. I think it would freak me out at night. Like, <laughs> really? Like, like, yeah, I would lay awake. Like, am I really me? Do I just? Th- am I just a? Am I just? You, some- you don't already do this? Am I just something that thinks? Come I'm on, me? come on, Pat. You already do this, don't you? <laughs> like being a robot would just make you more efficient at things. It's true. It'd be, be more efficient at being neurotic and and have anxiety. <laughs> just be like ah. We love anxiety. Do I exist? Do I really exist? No. No. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. God, that, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. That's that. That's a big, huge... I, I hope someone kidnapped uh, their family. <laughs> like, kidnapped their family, held them at gunpoint. He's a robot! He doesn't need to pass a genetic test! <laughs> Everyone knows he's been a robot for years! <laughs> I mean, for... Two years. He's I been think. a robot for two fucking years. He can't pass a genetic test. If he passes a genetic test, that's a red flag. Yep. That's that's a very good point. <laughs> um so, like, seriously, like they should pay us to read their scripts. Yeah, and, they they and, obviously and, 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 need story editors <laughs> that like yeah. are actually thinking about this and be like, "Hey, maybe you could just change this like." And th- that's the problem is they probably get a ton of like notes and and, and story notes, but they're yeah. all from, you know, producers and people above executive producers, you know, studio notes and yeah. like people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, but they need to, you know, make their justify having a job in the first place. Yeah. And so they got to send emails and shit and the emails they send are like, oh, how about you do, how about you do, I do this. I saw this in the, this show and this would be good. And I like, like to think like the Picard is a robot. He can't pass a genetic test anyway. Like uh thing just got lost. <laughs> like that, that, that note just was like, completely overlooked lost like tears and rain man <laughs> like lost like Holy tears in the rain oh man so yeah that's fun um <laughs> picard knows they need more information and georgia points out that there is someone aboard who knows more information guess who that is guess who knows more who knows more it's data oh, but maybe it's lore data lore um maybe before yeah. and maybe soon Good night, Data. Good night, Moon. <laughs> so Picard and Jordy head down to Sick Bay, where Alondra LaForge has been working on a Daystroy, uh, Daystrom Android M510, who we better know as Data Lore, basically. Mm-hmm. Whom Picard refers to as Mr. Data. Alondra believes she has found the source of the problem, and her father, his uh, her show Picard, that the problem is... Um, uh, so Alondra brings the android out of stasis and it speaks with Data's voice at first. It recognizes Picard and calls him captain again and he's like, and shorty. Uh, and he sees he is no longer aboard the USS Enterprise and then he's like, in the scimitar. So he's recounting the, the end moments, his end moments in uh, Star Trek Nemesis here. <laughs> he starts going into just like, oh my god, that movie. Yeah. Oh my god, that movie! What the fuck? What He's the like, fuck was that? Did that actually get released? Holy shit! What the fuck? <laughs> I died. It wasn't released, right? It, 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 like I, uh, they, they looked at it and said, "No, no, we can't ever release this." They, they never released it, right? No data. They released it all right. 
It destroyed Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> At least for a little while. Yeah, I mean, that that and, you know, a lot of things about Enterprise, kind of, how that was done on UPN. Mm-hmm. Not so great. So Picard assures uh, Data that many years ago, uh, that was many years ago, uh, it suddenly glitches and speaks with the personality of Lore, who smirks, and he's like, oh, the cruelty of time. <laughs> uh, in the same sentence, uh, both Data and Lore speak. At first, he apologizes that he's not in complete control of his body, and then he says uh, he's also not in control of his revulsion at Picard's ancient face. Got him. <laughs> Fucking got him. Fucking burned that house down. <laughs> Spiner's acting here is like good in a campy way. It, it reminds me more of Mask than the episode before. Mm. Or Masks. Oh, yeah, remember. yeah. I liked Masks, although it's like campy and dumb as fuck. Yes. And then like the previous episode, though, he was like, I am data. I am lore. I am before. I am soon. And it was like, it was just like, people were like, whoa, he's just, he's changing back and forth. That's great acting. I'm like, no, it's, he's literally just saying his name. He's literally just, but this was more of him actually playing two different characters. Yeah. I was, I was, this was better at least. Um, Although it was kind of ruined a little for me that every time when he kind of changed personalities, it made this like robot voice, uh, robot like squeaking kind of sound. It was like, zip, zip, zip. It's kind of silly. They should have done the thing like in Split, like, you know, when he changes, like, it just shows him from a different angle or something. Yeah. I mean, Split was actually a good film, yeah. especially for M. Night Shyamalan, because he makes a lot of shit films. Yeah. But I actually really, I, I watched Split a couple months ago. Yeah. This was pretty good. Uh, it's the second time I watched it, yeah. pretty good. He does a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, young, young, young Professor Xavier. Yeah, yeah. Jo- James, uh, James McAvoy. Mac- 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 yeah, Mac- very good in that film. Very yeah. good performance. Anyway, um, so Alondra LaForge wonders if Lore has always been uh, this much of a dickhead, to which Lore snidely asks if the tree moved or if perhaps the apple had fallen far from it. Uh, basically saying that Jordy's smart and his daughter's dumb. Which is kind of fun. Uh, Jordy explains that Lore has a perverted idea of what it means to be human before telling Picard that the examination of the unit's positronic brain revealed four different identity matrices. Uh, so we have Lore, Data, B4, and Alton Inigo soon. Didn't they also say in the last episode they said Lol's in there? They did, but they didn't mention that here. So, I mean, the last episode. They're like, Lol's in there. And they're like, no, don't, don't, don't. No, 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 no. They'll think it's like a gender thing, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Lol did get to choose uh, her gender and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Jordy let her choose her gender. Yeah. Because he's cool like that. Good dad. Um, so, uh, he thinks soon hoped that the personalities would, uh, reintegrate within the robot if he just put him in there. Um, and, uh, he also explains that, uh, before and soon are both in a memory file, but data and lore are clearly in a different partition that are like more active, mm-hmm. right? I guess. Yeah. It would make sense before is just in a memory file because there wasn't anything to be for. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, B4 is like, you know, basically. Why does that man have a fuzzy face? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> B4 was like a child. Yeah. You know, there was something to B4, for sure. Yeah. 
Just like not as much as any of the other files, I think. No. Also, why has Zoom got to put a shit in there? That's so fucking weird, dude. Man, he wanted the immortality. Yeah, I guess so. I hate that. <laughs> so, um, he thinks Soon hoped the personalities would uh, reintegrate, um, and that would give Data what he always wanted, the chance to be truly human. But the partition indicates the Doctor's fear that Lore's personality would completely consume Data. Okay, okay, what? Like, okay, why is Soon putting Lore and Data's personalities in the same thing? Like, he clear everyone knows Lore sucks, right? Yeah. Like, does, and it's interesting that they're like, okay, well, so here's like the most evil and smartest android in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. This this android is fucking pure evil. He hates humanity. Mm-hmm. He's also super intelligent. Yeah, like he's a, they've he, dealt with him before, <laughs> several times before. So I was thinking that I put his body inside inside this other inside this body along with his you know brother, mm-hmm. and then we'll just make them in charge of a uh, of a uh, security for the Daystrom Institute where we have all this high tech uh, weaponry. Yeah, that can be easily like and you know it's a, and we'll just hook him straight up to the system, and it'll give him a chance <laughs> to be truly human when uh, the the good human part of him and the asshole android part of him learn to work together. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why does he need the lore part of him? He like, doesn't need the lore. Yeah, like, data seemed to be doing fine on figuring out what humanity was. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. also lore. If it, like if they like lore could figure out how to get out of this situation, which right. you know we get to see later. But it's just like you know you if if you put lore in any sort of situation, he'll try to get out of it, and he'll yeah. try to and he'll try to exploit exploit it to to his to uh, and bend it to his will, and it's just like. So why would you put him in charge of security for a fucking <laughs> weapons, pl- wep- like high tech weapons thing, where he could, where he, where he had the opportunity to take over the body and have unlimited access to all of the high tech weaponry so, so to take down the Federation? It, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense why they hooked him up at Daystrom Institute. That yeah. was a bad idea. That was so stupid. And he was obviously like such a faulty security system. You know, he fucked up so much that he got himself stolen, basically. Yeah. And so, well, okay. <laughs> it's it's in just a minute. We'll get there. It's like everyone's everyone's making the dumbest decision. The, of the, their we'll, lives. We haven't even gotten to that decision yet. <laughs> I mean, so all the decisions that like suing and shit, and them even stealing this thing to begin with, like I, I don't know. There's no way they could have downloaded any of the manifest or anything. It, it just doesn't make any sense that they like. Put data this this android whose data and lore and soon and before and maybe tall, you know, um, they they have this thing and they have the two of them right, mm-hmm. and uh, um, <laughs> they uh, they're using it as both the security system and the manifest of all of their projects. Yep. Which they didn't bother accessing at all. After the theft, after the well, well known. That's theft. a very good point. Yeah, they they because I thought that's why they stole it is so they could have the manifest, right? But clearly, like whoever is and in I charge of the Daystrom kind Institute, kind of asking that now, like yeah, like people at the Daystrom Institute knew something was stolen, but still were just like, you know, we could figure out what like data data lore saw everything that fucking happened, but mm-hmm. we're not going to ask him. No. <laughs> 
No. Sigh. Like, what's the difference cool. between data and just a guy watching a bunch of video camera feeds? Um, well, Actually, because they can't control data or understand him fully. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, a guy that's just watching camera feeds, he could be watching something going down. And be like, I better call for backup. Yeah. He would actually do something mm-hmm. and report it. And instead of <laughs> sending a crow that turns into Moriarty, yeah. shoots a couple live rounds inside a submarine. Yeah. Uh, like, Literally do nothing. and mm-hmm. uh, Except, like, yeah, just play around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they should. I mean, that's a, we, like, we have a better security systems now than they do in the future, apparently. Yeah, like <laughs> literally putting a sticker on the, your front door at the bottom that says, like, this home protected by Brinks <laughs> is a better security <laughs> system than the Daystrom Institute has. Yeah. Uh, super. <laughs> that meme of just, like, the Cheeto. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the, yeah, like the holding the door closed. Holding the yeah. door closed. Yeah, that is. <laughs> better, a better security system than data. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, um, Picard reaches out to Data now, uh, even though Lore keeps interrupting and insulting him. To discover why the changelings have taken his original body, uh, Data accesses archives showing that an anomaly was found inside Picard's body, bringing into question the previous diagnosis of Eromatic Syndrome. Okay. <laughs> What? Because, I mean, aromatic syndrome literally killed him, right? That's what his body actually died of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And apparently it's a genetic thing that he definitely passed on to his son, too. But it's like Mm -hmm. something that looks and acts exactly like it that they've diagnosed several times. But no, it's not it. Mm -hmm. It's like you died of this, sir. But no, it's actually a different disease. Interesting future medicine they got. Um, so, <laughs> mm. like they've demonstrated how advanced. I mean, we can grow, we can grow internal organs from pills. Yeah, <laughs> but but, al- but also, like if uh, Shaw gets a little knocked up, they got to give him a ton of pain pills. Yeah, a ton of narcotics. Yeah, that make him real angry and go yell at Picard <laughs> in uh, in the bar that wasn't in this episode. No ten forward in this I was episode. Surprised. I was actually. No, gonna- I-, I was blown the fuck away. I, I was actually going to say like. Uh, should we have to start having a drinking game like when they have like fucking the fucking 10 forward on on <laughs> yeah so that's the thing is like yeah we we only drink when they don't have 10 forward because i'm sober <laughs> yeah, okay, you are. So, yeah that's true oh you can do a bong rip <laughs> yeah that's true i could definitely do a do the old bongo <laughs> but yeah it's like yeah like they surprisingly decided not to use 10 forward in this episode so good with them yeah uh, or sorry, Ten Forward Avenue Ten is Ford the name. Avenue. Yeah, that's the name of it. It's Ten Go Ford on to Ten Forward Avenue. <laughs> Learn to take it higher. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, <laughs> so, <sighs> Lore then takes over Data's body, saying it establishes uh, Picard as an inferior and a perfectly p- imperfect Picard through and through. Uh, uh, Data gets nice again and takes control of the body and pleads with Captain Picard to help him, uh, saying this is too much uh, for Picard, who then has the LaForges reactivate the stasis field around Data slash lore slash whatever that thing is. He remembers that years ago, Data had asked Picard to let him go and die in peace, and now he was asking for help again. 
You should really just terminate this thing's life. They, they, really, they should have had a scene where it's just like like old Yeller, where it's like where Picard just had a had a had a, had a rifle, <laughs> and, like, and like Data's like <laughs> he like snarling. <laughs> you should have to do like a Lenny thing with him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I can tend the rabbits. <laughs> that, that's the thing that was like, wasn't like uh, Alton soon like. He was the guy on the planet in season yeah. one, right? And he was part of helping Data die, right? Because, like, Picard helped Data die while he was in the positronic brain space. Yeah. And I think, I, I thought Alton soon knew that Data wanted to die and he was, like, fully dead. But now he's just reviving him? What a and, dickhead. And pl- yeah, and plus, even if, they, if he didn't dick. know at that moment, like, then, then like, you know, fucking Picard came out of it. It was like, yeah, I just killed Data. Yeah, <laughs> and Dale just was like, "Cool." And oh. He's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to make him alive again." Yeah, against his wishes. <laughs> it's totally cool because I'm going to put him in the same body with his evil brother. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know that meme of the dog with like the chemistry set. Yeah, that's basically Alton Soong. Like no one knows how he keeps having this remarkable <laughs> success, making like just these like incredibly lifelike sex dolls. But like he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. He's been doing it for hundreds of years now him and his kid yeah he likes to be a little silly with it sometimes you know he likes you know you know okay well i can i can make data oh and i can sprinkle a little bit a little little bit of evil brother (laughs) just to spice it up a little spice it up because because you're not truly human unless half of you is just evil and deceiving yeah you know like that that was the problem with data and why he could never be human is because he was too good and innocent and pure yes he could never understand what it is to be human (laughs) and have conflicted interests uh, and want to hate things and fuck them and eat them (laughs) and all three of them at once we really need like scenes of just lord just doing like really just fucked up shit just straight up like like absolutely (laughs) fucked up like war crime shit (laughs) yeah yeah. So far, like you know, when he's evil, he's just he's a little, he's a little scamp. Yeah, and even in this episode, like he could do a lot more fucked up shit with yeah. how evil he is, and it's it's almost sad he doesn't, because it's like it's kind of low stakes in the end. Yeah, um, and especially with like the dark, you know, how dark this series is. Like they could just like let him go full ham. Full, yeah, go ham. Yeah, John Ham. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he uh, he wonders uh, if they could somehow free data by erasing lore Picard wonders this and uh, Jordy warns that the new android is far more complex than the data that he knew and he's more art than engineering art Garfunkel that is <laughs> he um, wishes yeah would, do you, would anyone <laughs> wish to be Art Garfunkel? Nah probably not No, I'd much rather be a Paul Simon yeah I mean Paul Simon's the one who wrote all the songs right Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> so uh, Mark Garfunkel does have a cool name, though. He does have a great name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with Has anyone ever done, like, a Garfield-Garfunkel mashup? <laughs> uh, so with, with the help of the ship's computers, Jordy uh, thinks he can stabilize data. But if he lifts the partition and lore prevails... They might lose data again and forever this time. And that is not something he wants to go through again. Mm-mm. But like, 
Data's died twice. Data's wanted to die at least one of those times. <laughs> Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> That'd be funny if he, they give him sentience again, like full control of his body. Like, you did it, Data. He's like, oh, and he just takes a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just dematerializes himself. He's like, thank you. Thank you so much, Jordy and Captain Picard. Just walks into the warp core. <laughs> yeah, walks, yeah. Walks, walks into some spinning blade. Into a, into a giant spinning fan. And just gets ripped to shreds. Yeah, into uh, into like the, the, the log cutter thing from the end of Halloween ends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Uh, LaForge says he doesn't want to lose data again. Uh, me neither, Picard agrees. So, at this point, uh, Jordy says he wants to, to plug him into the ship's computers, right? Mm -hmm. I hope he doesn't mean the full ship, right? <laughs> yeah, you that, would think. that Because, like, otherwise, that'd be really fucking stupid. I, I think that'd be a bad idea. Yeah, you know, oh, Brit. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? You're putting like the most evil android in the entire entire un known world, mm -hmm. in the own universe, and you're hooking them up to the ship's computer. What could possibly go wrong? Like, are you saying something something could go as awry of some or something? I'll 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 just say this. <laughs> so, uh, uh oh, uh oh, you got the you got the fart noise going. Cool. All right stopped so uh we go we go to the sh the shriek now uh see vatic again um played by uh adam sandler as little nicky <laughs> uh so vatic uh makes contact with her superior the, the the big face thing and i think it's this time without the hand trick i don't think she has to lose her hand anymore. oh yeah yeah, and uh, and she's like, "Here, Popeye's fucking rules." <laughs> um, so the the floaty face demands an update uh, and says, "Frontier Day is almost upon them, and they're running out of time." Medic explains uh, the uh, the Picard's associates are unexpectedly firm in their loyalty and their penises, <laughs> and she does not expect them to break in the time that they have left. Which I mean. That's pretty much just Riker, right? And she's torturing Riker. Yeah. I mean, maybe Tuvok too, but he didn't know shit about Picard. No, no shit about Picard. I like, I like that in this episode, they let um, uh, Jonathan Frakes take a nap or something. Yeah, yeah. They're well, I like, guess he did play a zombie version of himself. But yeah, a little. still that zombie version. A little bit, because like, he's, yeah. I mean, he's been putting in more hours than anyone else on this show, probably, because he's directed two episodes already, mm. basically starred in all of them, too. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, he's putting in his time. He deserves a little nap. Yeah, yeah, let the old man have a nap. <laughs> uh, we, I say that out of respect. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let him have yeah. a nap. Absolutely. Not Patrick Stewart, though. He needs to work. Yeah. At, I, at I, the end of every single episode. Yeah, I want him to be so exhausted he retires. <laughs> so, um, Vedic explains that Picard's associates are unexpectedly firm in their loyalty, and she does not expect them to break in the time they have left. The face insists that they must break, warning Vedic that her uh, physiology is not as unique as she believes, and that she is by nature malleable. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and at first you're like kind of wondering what they meant by that, which is, I guess, is like. We yeah. know she's a changeling. Uh, yeah, but like and, the, oh, yeah. the physio. Uh, oh, yeah, the unique thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the prisoners, however, uh, he says, are made of a singular flesh. And so it suggests she dismember one in front of the other and do anything of the sort to achieve success. Uh, it says the hour of Starfleet's fall nears. 
uh, before again emphasizing that they must get Jack warning that the existence of Vatic and her kind would be meaningless if they fail. Uh, the big floaty face reforms again into Vatic's hand, and she returns to her commander chair, a hard expression on her face. Back on the Titan! Uh, we're with Jack in the turbo lift. Alone. Mm-hmm. With Sydney LaForge. Oh, shit. They're going to have sex on that turbo lift, baby. <laughs> They're going to have sex. Uh, oh, actually, there's some other crew members there. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, they can watch. Yeah. But then they leave. Mm. Then they leave. And now they're alone. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there we go. And uh, and he asks what her quarters are like, if they're nice. So that's a good good conversation starter. She says... Uh, Do the carpet match the drapes? Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> like, these ships aren't carpeted anymore. They haven't been for 30 years. Yeah, it's yeah. all hard hard floors. and Yeah. <laughs> it's slippery. We have to wear uh, was this, like safe serve shoes and shit. <laughs> yeah. um, Just have those like little like um, rubber flowers you put on the bo- on the bottom of the bathtubs. Oh yeah, that grandmas <laughs> put on the bottom of their bathtubs and just have those everywhere in your quarters. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so Sydney scoffs, saying, "As an ensign, she gets very small quarters," mm. and he's like, well, "That's good. I've got small penis." <laughs> <laughs> then my. Dick will fit perfectly in your quarters, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like a roll of quarters. It's a roll of quarters. <laughs> and I've already spent half of them. <laughs> it's like a roll of quarters after a day in the arcade. <laughs> so, uh, Jack somewhat uh, fumbly, fumblingly mentions he has a cracking nice suite and asks if she would like to hang out sometime. Hell yeah. That's predatory dog. She's like 20, man. I mean, yeah, well, supposedly he is. Too. Yeah, supposedly. Come on. <laughs> he's he's, he's, 20, he's uh, 20 going on 35. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing is, like, someone on a Star Trek uh, subreddit, like, put up a picture of their dad when they were 21. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. see? And their dad looks like fucking shit. <laughs> and they're oh, like, man. see? It's believable that Jack is, like, in his 20s. And I'm like, why would you do that to your poor dad? <laughs> like, yeah. that's like, yeah, my dad looked like fucking dog shit when he was 20, man. And yeah, my dad, my dad lost his hair when he was like 18. So Holy, he, had, that he, had, sucks. he had a horseshoe baldness, like. And he kept it? He didn't just, like, shave bald? No, he, yeah, he had, I don't he, understand people who don't shave bald. Yeah, he just kept the hair on the sides. That's so weird. And so, yeah, I saw a picture of him when he was, like, 21 and just, like. Just completely bald and looked old as hell. <laughs> Damn. We got a feel for our bald boys, yeah. don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, but your dad's a piece of shit, right? So fuck him. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> back in the... He said, he said uh, you can't make Star Trek today because the world's too woke. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> so, uh, in, in her mind, uh, it, we're now hearing Sydney's thoughts, and she wonders if he's attempting to flirt with her, and wonders if he could be more subtle about it, like touching her hand or something. Touching someone's hand is not a subtle way to flirt. That's like overt. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever just like grabbed someone's hand or like touched it and brushed it without like having more of a rapport and actually like ta- being able to talk with them as a person. Yeah, it's super weird. So to her surprise, uh, he does just that. And, and so we found out what his superpower hand. is, though. Yeah, he can read minds apparently. Yeah, well, her well, her mind specific, specifically. Or. He mm-hmm. has the power of Mel Gibson from What Women Want. 
Oh boy! <laughs> Put it on the board. <laughs> you just read read every single woman's uh, um, mind, and so this is actually like a um, a long awaited sequel to what women want. What women want to? Yeah, I you know I kind of have a thing <laughs> like Mel Gibson where, but instead of being able to read women's minds, I break in and read their diaries. Oh, so I kind of like reading their. Minds. Yeah, I kind of know what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know they're afraid when I find them. <laughs> I know they hate it when you blackmail them with that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. So in her mind, you know, I guess blackmail is very goth because it's black. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more goth than blackmail. Hell yeah. So uh, Sydney uh, turns to look at Jack and asks him why he had just done that and brushed her hand, wondering to him herself how he had known to do that. Um, it's here. It's clear at this point that Jack and like, yeah, reader thoughts are here, um, but he doesn't say anything uh and like as she's walking away like the lights are going out like in a really like i don't know this whole episode honestly was edited like a, a movie trailer it was there's lots of like uh bright lights coming from behind people yes and so it and lots of big noises and like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and shit like that it's like it uses all the the movie trailer sounds it uses all the movie trailer like violin emotive dun 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun dun it's it's like honestly uh, i i couldn't stand the way this was directed actually uh, you know what when i was watching this it reminded me a lot of the um the uh the first season episode where um soji or whatever her name is is yeah. like is like skating down the borg hallway in her socks with the with the se evil sexy british romulan and they're just and they're while uh, green lasers are all like zipping around yeah and yeah i know that that, that this is this, this whole episode reminded me of that scene that's all i could think about <laughs> well i'm sorry like, that welcome. that scene makes me want to hurt things. <laughs> yeah. Things that aren't innocent. Things yeah. that deserve to be hurt. Yeah. Like whoever wrote that scene. You are you are uh, you are an avenging angel. Yeah. Justice. <laughs> A great movie, by the way, Avenging Angel. Highly mm. recommended. Never seen it. It's on my server. Oh shit. Well, I I'd watch it, but I'm I'm actually watching the Reliant. The uh, Kevin Sorbo Antifa movie. When I get yeah, out. the one that you told me to get, but I've had for years. I, I didn't, you dumb I, son of a bitch. I didn't, I just, How I didn't. dare you question my server? <laughs> it's a very good server. Yeah, like uh, everyone mm. watched the Kevin Sorbo uh, Antifa movie. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> um, like the lights go out behind her, still like to for, for, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a thing of foreboding or something. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, so, who knows? Uh, he gets, he stays on the shuttle lift and it goes to the bridge. Uh, he gets on the bridge and approaches his daddy, Picard, who is daddy. Now, who uh, asks how he's doing. Uh, and suddenly uh, someone from the bridge speaks up from the comms saying uh, they detected uh, another long range trace attempt from Starfleet. Shaw tells them to ignore it like all the others, but Seven sees something that brings them up short. It was a compromised prefix code. Uh, used by captains in distress to ping their designated starships, giving the enemy's ship's location. But letting Starfleet know the captain has been caught and compromised. Which is a good thing to have in place, I guess. Yeah. They explained it very poorly here. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? And I yeah. just forgot about it. <laughs> so uh, Picard realizes uh, it's from Riker. And Seven identifies the frequency is matching that of the Shriek, which lets them know that Riker is in Vatic's custody. Mm. Okay, I guess then, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Shaw orders uh, someone on the bridge to block the signal to not let Vatic find them. Jack then asks Picard if he could have a word. And you know what? I think that we should have a word as well. A word from our sponsors. Mm. So we'll be back in one minute and 30 seconds if you want to hit the old skipper rip Bye-bye, pizza pie. And we're back. Wow. Uh, this is some interesting sponsors. Blood Diamonds. Yeah. Hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As to beers, you know, they run the whole diamond game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, basically all diamonds are blood diamonds at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. But those, that I was like, but they were saying specifically. Oh, yeah. Sl- yeah. Slave diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oof. Mm-hmm. The misery makes them more uh, diamondy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's value. And they, they sparkle a little brighter when uh, there's uh, human exploitation involved. Mm. We all know that. That's why, like, you know. The, the the British all of their the, the royal diamonds they're mm-hmm. the shiniest of diamonds oh that's true yeah they actually have human souls trapped inside <laughs> yes uh, mostly brown human souls yeah, yeah. so I don't it's a thing a thing they do a thing they lust for is the like the soul of the Indian yeah that's why the queen lives so long just like feeding off the souls and the diamonds mm-hmm. indeed. Anyway, um, so back to the episode. Uh, Jack Crusher explains that he doesn't know what the fuck is wrong with him. Uh, but he knows it's not anything good. He blames himself for the entire situation going on and worries that without Riker, uh, who had been good to him from the very moment they met, and uh, he had also a wife and child to worry about. Now he was in danger. So so Jack at this point is kind of like ready to give himself up for the, the greater good, which he's kind of done a couple times before. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not the worst idea. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, tried multiple times. Just let him do it. Yeah, yeah, come on. So um, <clears throat> Jack thinks that they should let the Shriek find them and trade himself for Riker. Picard refuses outright, uh, but Jack asks if he has any idea what it was like knowing that people had died and were dying and will die and uh, wonders why they should die for him, and he believes it's not worth it, which is a very good point. Like, they've let so much happen and so many people die, mm-hmm. like, in order to protect Jack Crusher, when they don't even know, like, they still don't know if he's, like, guilty of the crimes they've accused him <laughs> of. It's it's kind of crazy. And we still really don't know. I mean, we just kind of got a glimpse that he has the Mel Gibson power, but, mm-hmm. like... Like what it took, it, a, it took a while to get there, man. It did, and so yeah, we've been guessing, like trying to figure out, like is he pa, is he a pa wraith? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he a changeling? Is he is he a clone? Like it's unclear about why he's special, and now we know it's because he can read women's minds, and uh, he can use that power to romance Helen Hunt. So I feel like yeah, it'd be cooler if he was like a ska wraith investor. <laughs> which which wave ska though um i'm gonna i'm gonna go for i mean well 
this is future, so it's got to oh, be like the, yeah. the, the 14th wave of Scar. <laughs> In the future, Scar has returned more powerful than ever. <laughs> yeah. It owns its own wormhole. Yeah. It just goes to Ska Planet. Yeah. You just go it's just a giant pizza restaurant. Get, get checkered suspenders and, yeah. like, and like a little pork pie hat. It's just, yeah, it's just a pizza restaurant that has shows in the basement. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, one of those shocking things, like I worked with a guy and he's like, hey, Pat, can you cover my shift? I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I got, I got, I got, uh, I'm playing a show for my, with my band. I'm like, oh, what kind of music do you play? He's like, ska. <laughs> and I was like, I, 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 I took out my phone and it was like, this is like 2012. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, okay, good on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, ska at that point was still like, Wow, really? You play ska? Like, <laughs> yeah. people play ska now. I'm like, really? Really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, you know, I, I played jazz in the early 2000s. Yeah. I feel like ska is almost to that point now to yeah. where it's like, huh. It's <laughs> that, like, that, that, that's a thing. Okay. It's like, that's a thing. It's like something that you don't see on the surface because it's probably something that only like the chuds that live under under this un, un, in the sewers mm-hmm. still listen to like you just you, you put on a ska show and then they all start crawling out of the, <laughs> out of the sewers because like you, if you if you li- go and like live your live a life a normal life like you'll never see a ska fan and because they, they've true. all they, they're all kind of just underground now so yeah, yeah. so there is it, it is it is immensely popular but only with the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers yeah who like all work like part-time at independent record stores <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it's so crazy to me too because like a lot of people like scott like work in record stores i'm like but you you hear other music how can you like scott yeah, there's, there's so many other music styles that are much superior far more superior that are like listenable even like yeah. come on man <laughs> come on why why why, why you choose this one like, and, I, and, and when i say come on man it's because only men <laughs> yeah. only adult men listen to scott now it's true it's exclusively adult men mm. yeah no, it, yeah, the 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 female got, crowd who used to listen to ska has gone on to electro swing. It's kind of like in the field of dreams. Mm-hmm. Where if, if you play it, they will. <laughs> no, they won't. And then just like a whole bunch of ghosts of, <laughs> of, of just of, dudes, of, of dudes just appear out of the field and yeah. and start skanking. Good times. Um, so. Uh, Jack admits that he has always felt different, like something's wrong with him deep inside. He's able to hear things inside his head, but is not sure how to truly explain it. Picard emphasizes he is not giving up on Jack and urges him not to give up either. Jack admits he's all for a fair fight or when he's the one who's cheating. But they have never had the advantage in this situation, not at all. And then Picard says, what if we actually do? <laughs> and, and Jack's like, yep, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. yeah. And Picard's like, I was, I was just asking. <laughs> I was like, what if we, that would be cool, huh? Could you that, imagine if we did, though? That, what that would look like? <laughs> that, that, then, then, then things would be pr- pretty cool, right? <laughs> Right, Jack? <laughs> and then from the window, you just see an explosion that engulfs the entire ship. End of episode in the series. Goodbye, son. <laughs> Goodbye, son. I love... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so he, he goes, what, what if we actually do? But he implies that he has an idea of how to uh, entrap a Vatic. Mm. Okay. Mm. So in open space in the Alpha Quadrant, the Shriek comes out of warp, finding the Titan float, floating derelict in space. Vatic's crew reports the Titan's warp chorus offline, and that the ship is running on emergency power, and they can't detect any life signs due to radiation from a nearby wrecked Vulcan warship. I think I think maybe they're kind of come back to that Vulcan warship. Um, yeah, you know, because because it's obviously doing like some kind of service to them. So I'm thinking Worf and Raffi are on that ship doing something there. Mm. Anyway, so. Um, and they they might be the thing because like you know fucking Vatic is leaving her ship with a thing so I'm wondering if they're mm. gonna go infiltrate the Shriek while she's there. Oh, do you think they're kind of doing like a Wrath of Khan type thing where they were com- creating communication to make it seem like Worf and Raffi were somewhere else? So yeah, they could, they could like have that have the uh, yes surprise. bingo because because yeah. they talked about it on the comms there, but you know with with, with that. I think there's something there. I, I'd hope that's a cool Chekhov's gun. Yeah. If they do that, I'll be happy. Yeah. If not, I'll be unhappy. <laughs> they don't do it in this episode. The Vulcan warship doesn't come back. And I mean, play this well, yeah, because so far, I mean, it was only used uh, to explain away why they just didn't, like, beam Jack directly off the ship. Right. Because, like, sure. Yeah. It's like that doesn't necessitate them to actually have to go on board. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Vatic is convinced that Jack is alive and then asks if there were any subspace transmissions. Now, they find one, a recording from the Vulcan ship, uh, the VSS Taplana, which reports engaging the quote-unquote fugitives and disabling their warp core. Mm, do you think if we actually looked, that that was maybe actually Raffi's voice? Uh, that's a good question, because I, I didn't know. Yeah, that would, that would, that would uh, build, build your theory a little bit. Yeah. Um, so both ships are now, quote, dead in the water. So Vanek is convinced and orders a boarding party uh, via shuttlecraft, not with transporters. Vedic's lieutenant warns it could be a trap, saying, It's a trap! It's a trap! Uh, but Vedic is adamant that Jack is right there, that she could almost touch him <laughs> and then she's she's like super adam uh, amanda Plummer like absolutely goes feral in this episode and i kind of like it like she does some silly stuff she makes a lot of decisions mm-hmm. some of them are really dumb and silly and camp yeah but i at least appreciate that she's making decisions and like making her villain kind of fun and stupid and flimmy yeah pretty pretty <laughs> flummy yeah. um uh, you know, I mean, it's it's very similar to what we saw in uh, what 2003's Little Nicky, yes, starring Adam Sandler. Yeah, I like the I like the if if um, if Hitler was a girl and also Adam Sandler. Okay. <laughs> um, hail Popeyes, <laughs> it rules. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Mind Brother hit me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot that that's why he had a fucked up face. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where were we here? So, 
Uh, they find the one from the Vulcan ships, find out their ship is disabled. Uh-huh. Vatic Lieutenant warns it could be a trap, uh, but Vatic is like, no, Jack's right there. I can almost touch him. And then she goes weird and goes, can you hear that? Tick tock, tick tock <laughs> goes the ancient clock. And I was like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> this is like, th- this was, <laughs> excuse me. Um, this is by far my favorite part of the episode, just because yeah. it was dumb as fuck. Also, we now know that Vatic is one of those people that just, like, make really obscure references that no one else understands. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like <laughs> Just, like, and then, like, that's, like, the, that takes several, several, several minutes of, of explanation, like, well, you see, on ancient Earth, they had a thing called a clock. <laughs> it had hands, and it made a tick-tock noise. <laughs> You've never heard of a clock. <laughs> never heard of a clock. But you know how to tell time, right? Well, the, the chronograph. You might call it. <laughs> well, let me show you on my phone. This is what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Vatic leads the boarding party aboard the Titan herself, consulting her uh, tricorder, and she can detect life signs. Uh, scattered like rats <laughs> is what she says. Which, They're like, I mean, what she, are rats? <laughs> yeah, she, she's really into Earth stuff, man. Yeah. Um, so just at that moment, a figure emerges from the corridor and Vatic is surprised to see none other than Jack Crusher himself. Uh Uh, And he tells her she is too late and that everyone's dead. Dead. I just saw that there's a bunch of life signs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Vatic assures him that not everyone is and that she's there to take him to quote, a better place. When he asks what that means, uh, she replies, it would be better to show him than tell him. Uh, wh- what do you think that is? That's got to be like a Great Link type thing, right? It could be. I, yeah. I, I'm thinking at this point, like Jack Crusher is kind of one of them somehow. Because mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah, kind of like, you know, yeah, just like, yeah, it'll turn out like maybe like Beverly's line about Jack's um, origins. Like maybe she. That's maybe, what I'm wondering if if maybe Beverly is also a changeling. That could be possible. That would be super interesting, in that they like just somehow found out that they had fucked under a waterfall because that's the only thing that like definitively lets Picard know that it's actually Beverly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and like maybe like she, maybe a couple, maybe like they're two changelings. Uh, well, it'll explain like Vatic's origins a bit, but maybe those are two changelings that mm-hmm. like uh, didn't agree with Vatic and wanted and instead like ran away and came across a dying Beverly Crusher and mm-hmm. like we're like, oh, I'll take, maybe. This, take your form. Perhaps, perhaps. So just at that moment, a figure emerges from the corridor and Vatic is surprised to see Jack tells her, uh, she is too late and everyone's dead. She says, take you to a better place. He says, you'll have to catch me first. And he breaks off sprinting um, in an obvious like trap battle plan. Yes. Vatic gestures for her crew to go forward while her lieutenant stands with her. And her lieutenant's like the biggest evilest guy there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if for some reason he decided to take, they could all change their forms but he decided to be the biggest one. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's true. Like everyone could have been huge, but he's yeah, just everyone like, could have been huge. He's just for some reason the biggest one. Yeah, 
He's like, I mean, you know, yeah. He's like the Jem'Hadar first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Jack runs through the corridors. And, that, and that's what I, uh, we were kind of figuring, like, they could, those guys could have been Jem'Hadar. Jem that would have been cool. I love Jem'Hadar and how they have, like, their whole thing set up. And it would have yeah. been cool if they would have had a new way of things or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just watched, like, the whole episode where, like, uh, the fucking... Um, the Wayun like tries to basically like double cross him and have him killed, mm -hmm. and then they end up fucking murking him. That's a, that's cool as so. hell. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Oh. Like, uh, I like all the Jim Hadar episodes. I think the Jim Hadar episodes are awesome. They're such they're great really ethical fun. quandaries because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, it's they're fighting a, a a race that's like basically bred, born and bred to kill them. Yeah, which is like, how do you deal with that like ethically? Mm -hmm. Like I mean, you treat them like any other enemy, but they they treat everything just like killing, which is like difficult to contend with. I guess mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting moral and ethical thing, and it's a lot about the ethics of war and the ethics of like you know actually bringing things into this world for sole purposes, like sentient beings. That's so fucked up, man. Yeah. And getting them addicted to drugs. There's a whole whole thing. With that. <laughs> we could talk forever about DS9, and someday we will, but and for now. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, real-world um, The real-world road of, rules of, challenge. Uh, just like, you know, our, you know, we have, you know, mm -hmm. our drugged-up uh, shock troops. <laughs> we certainly do. So... Jack runs through the corridors, meeting with Sydney at a junction in the hallways. Uh, they fire on Vatic's men and uh, split them apart before they call to the bridge to drop some force fields around them, trapping, trapping them in the corridors. Uh, Jack makes it over to Sick Bay, blasting uh, one of the pursuers, and he de dematerializes. And uh, then Vatic herself enters from the opposite door. Jack calls for another force field, which traps Vatic in place. Uh, Shaw, on the bridge, is surprised to see that it worked before Seven urges Jack to get out of there. Vatic's lieutenant enters, weapon in hand, but Vatic raises a hand to stop him, looking with interest at Jack. Jack smiles and exchanges fire with the lieutenant, uh, luring him into the chase. Meeting up with Sydney, they lure the remaining boarding party into their trap, but find themselves trapped as well in between them. Their only exits blocked by the force fields locking the changelings in place. So they're flanked. Not a good place to be. In I like how no one ever, no one thought about this. No, no. It's like, <laughs> well, I guess we're trapped now until, I mean, I guess they could like, I, I, I guess they probably don't have systems to like sedate, you know things in separate hallways and stuff that's that that to be nefarious to install <laughs> but it didn't seem like they ever like like vatic ever considered that this was a trap and that's so true like vatic <laughs> i mean well vatic's like on orders from the face and like yeah. running out of time so yeah. I, I get you know rushing with time but like this is such an obvious trap and shit and it's like yeah yeah, really, like, and and plus, like, all the all the, like they the they they make the changeling split up. <laughs> you know, it's just like also also Vulcan warship. Yeah, since what are their Vulcan warships? <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Beverly now confronts Vatic, noting how she seemed almost at ease. Well, wait one sec. Sorry. Uh, so Jordy 
down in the EPS control room with the android, tries to lock them into the transporter, but he's unable to do so. He and Elantra leave the room to access the transporter controls, but the doors to the control room close behind them unexpectedly. The android moves into view, glaring at them past the glass, and Jordy realizes Lore has now taken control, and he goes, Lore! Lore! Uh, so now um, we are in the med bay, and Vadek is trapped by a bunch of forest fields. And Beverly confronts her, noting she seems almost at ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, she admits she had taken an oath to do no harm, the Hippocratic Oath, uh, but was now seriously reconsidering it. Vadek finds it adorable as she hears Picard enter in the room behind her. She thinks uh, he's there to be understanding to Beverly's... Uh, cruel, and she is bored with this whole facade already. Picard knows how they stole his original body from Daystrom, and how they plan to use his body and Jack's blood to fool the genetic scans so they can disrupt Frontier Day, which is just the shittiest plan. I hope that's not their plan. <laughs> which, as we talked about, like it would it wouldn't work. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. So, Beverly adds uh, that they know about the changeling's new physiology. Uh, Vadek asks if they know about Jack's physiology too. Ask if they know he hanging that down. If he hanging that down, he got that big old dick. <laughs> Um, yeah, Vadic's like, man, have you seen his penis? That wa- that's why we were trying to pick him up. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, fucking pimp him out. We're gonna turn him <laughs> out. We're gonna get him on a cam show. He's got a fourteen-inch penis. You, also, you ever seen a white boy that that tiny with a fourteen-inch penis? Also, two foreskins. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a that motherfucker. Looks like a blooming onion's got something. <laughs> <in his letters>. <laughs> <laughs> Smell like it too. <laughs> Smell like it too. Damn. <laughs> Come to the darn sows. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, uh, they demand to know what Vatic wants with Jack. Vatic says that she herself wants nothing. That Jack is not for her. Indeed, she and Beverly could bond over that reality because mm-hmm. uh, he's not meant for her either. Oh. That's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe Beverly doesn't know he's a um, a changeling. Yeah, I wonder that too. If he was like just replaced at some point, mm. who yeah. knows? Like, yeah, maybe maybe when he was in London going to school, oh, maybe that's why he came back with the British accent. Yeah. It's because they're really bad at this. Yeah, <laughs> like what did he sound like? I don't know. I killed him too fast. Yeah. Uh, he was in London, so or, wait, wait. Let's look, let, let's look up videos of his dad. Oh, oh okay, he has a British accent. Mm. Wait, hello, he's, he's... hello, mom. I'm back from old London, London town. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need the chimbling sweep? Not. <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 pretty good. I've been watching a lot of Andy Cap lately, uh, and like basically everyone on that show talks like that because they're all like British drunk people from the nineteen sixties and seventies. Andy 70s. Cap is was a British thing. Yeah, yeah. Andy Cap was a British thing. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and mm. it's just the wife is just like you come home drunk. I think God damn it. 
And he's like, chill out, pig. I'll just be hot with no sabugadoo. Yeah, this is changing how, how I, I'm going to read Handicap in the future. I always just read them. Dude, it's on my server. Watch the show. It's miserable. Is it? What What year is it from? Uh, it's like the, I think it's like 1980 or 1981. Is it a cartoon or live action? No, it's live action, baby. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. And they, they look like the cartoon characters? Enough. Oh. Does he eat those uh, fries? The handicap hot fries? I don't think those were invented yet, unfortunately. Damn. Yeah. Did, did that show invent them? Uh, I'm pretty sure the comic, because <laughs> it, it has the handicap from the comic on there, not the handicap from the show on uh, there. Yeah, would you would you boof handicap hot fries? Yeah. All right, you want to pause this? Because <laughs> I got some handicap hot fries. They're old, but I mean, if you're boofing Oof. them, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going in the hole it's already going to come out of. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that stinks that you can't stick stuff in your butthole and it comes out of your mouth. That'd be cool. And that would be cool. That'd, that'd be fun makes, tricks. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised no one's figured out how to do that yet. Like mm. a sword swallower or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be funny. You could just put poop back into your butt and it comes back out your mouth as food. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> that'd be a good Pixar film. It'd be like Ratatouille 2. <laughs> Ratatouille 2, everything gets fucking weird. Because yes. he sticks the rat up his butt <laughs> yeah. and it crawls out his mouth and he's like, wait, that works? <laughs> and then, and then he, so he just goes to all the best restaurants in the world mm. and eats their food and then comes back to his restaurant mm. and takes his poop. And puts it up his butt and then the great food comes out of his mouth <laughs> all right you see where i'm going with this i'm seeing all right i think they could also have a scene where um ratatouille is in his pubes and controlling his dick <laughs> 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 but like and he gets laid and the woman's like what's a rat doing on your dick <laughs> yeah just ignore that baby <laughs> he's doing his thing down there <laughs> 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 but, then he, but, but he fucks her really good with his with the with, uh, with the with, rat dick with the with the rat controlled penis. Oh yeah, and the rat, rat's like all rip, rubbing her clit. And he's shit. like, oh oh, slower ratatouille. I'm gonna. And then then he but then he tugs on the on on the hair, and then like he's like, oh okay, I can last longer. <laughs> he's what what's with the rat? Oh, that's just a uh, a, a rat shaped cock ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rata. <laughs> Ratacocky. I don't know. Cock ring. Ratacock ring. That, nope. No, nope. That's wrong. No, I don't like any of this. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to, um, <sighs> I guess let's go back to Picard here. Um, <clears throat> so, um, Baddock says that Jack's not for her and not for Beverly either. Picard, uh, says that Vatic has no way to escape while admitting his understanding led him to recognize the travesty of the Dominion War. Vatic is not happy about this. Because that's she's like that's some liberal bullshit right there. Mm-hmm. She's uh she says you can't compare the atrocities committed by the Federation to the warfare executed by the Dominion. Uh, Beverly points out that the changelings in the Dominion had started the war, but Vatic uh, retorts that it was a necessity, that the solids were coming for them, and that they ruin every world they touch. And that was actually outlined pretty well in DS9, mm-hmm. how the solids like used to hunt them. And, and so that's actually calling back to like some the actual reasons for the Dominion war. Yeah, stuff. like they have, they have a, um, a strike first. 
type mentality. Ba- basically, the Dominion were doing exactly what Russia's doing now to Ukraine. Because, I mean, they've, you know, they've... He's, they've been talking about the UN getting way too close for a while. Mm-hmm. UN got way too close. He's like, all right, we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, we were warned. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing is wrong, but we were warned. Yeah. And what he's doing is something we've done a lot, a lot in the past. America's yeah. done it so much. We love doing it. But we want, really want those missile bases. We do. We do. <laughs> It'd be like a new turkey, right? Yeah. In terms of a missile base there. Yeah. Like, we used Turkey back in the day with the USSR. <laughs> good old USSR, anyway. So, um, <clears throat> uh, when Picard asks Vatic to name one world ruined by the solids, she replies with, uh, yeah, how about my own, baby? <laughs> I'm like, damn, damn all right, okay. So, uh, and then says, uh, yeah, you remember Starfleet giving us the morphogenic virus? Which was, you know, biological warfare, completely... Yeah. I mean, it's something that they could have probably done to the solids, but didn't. Yeah. It's the thing. And which, so, is, which is illegal for us to use now. <laughs> right, right. And, that, and that's the thing is like, yeah, there's a lot of war crimes on DS9 and stuff. But thankfully, they're like, oh, yeah, but Section 31 is doing this war crime and they're evil. So like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you know, which, uh, OK. Yeah. And really like, you know, and that's what Section 31 doing, like, uh, you know. Making making the future future targets for future villains for, yep. for the Federation to fight. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah, they're, they're justify they're, uh, their own job. Yeah, they're uh, they're radicalizing the uh, the uh, smaller groups and yeah. So it's like <laughs> how like all FBI agents basically now are just like in in like Discord servers trying to radicalize people. Mm-hmm. That's like they, you know they, it's a desk job, basically. Yeah. You know, doing something they should probably be you know, spending their time better with because these people wouldn't be radicalized if it weren't for them. They'd just mm-hmm. be assholes probably. Oh, yeah. Which is fine. They'd be people on 4chan ranting about Joe Biden. <laughs> and that's fine. But, and, Joe and, but, Brandon. But then they get an FBI handler who, like, actually helps organize some shit because that's the thing is, like, most people don't realize, like, most of the, you know, the big arrests that happen, you know, before something goes down, like, um in uh, uh, the the Gretchen Whitmer case in mm-hmm. in, in fucking Michigan, something like uh, one one sixth of the people like in that whole thing were FBI agents or FBI informants in mm-hmm. some way, and so like the whole thing basically was just like people upping the ante in order to get bigger arrests mm-hmm. and shit like that and doing what their FBI handlers told them to do, which is basically radicalize these people more and plan with them more so we can actually get a solid arrest on them. Yeah. Like, cause you can't get more information if you're not producing more information and you can't get any kind of excuse me, conviction if you don't have enough information yeah. can't build a case. Yeah. And that way you can, yeah, you make the person and you can, Celebrate taking them down and arresting them. <laughs> yeah, even though you're the one that fucking radicalized them in the yeah. first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they could have actually, like, I don't know, done a cool analogy with that here maybe, but no. No. I know. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Picard reminds Vatic that Starfleet provided a cure to the disease, but Vatic counters that Starfleet had elected to keep it from them and that it had taken one of their own to steal it and give it to them. 
She has flashbacks of a Starfleet science lab as she rages about uh, how Starfleet fueled her desire for their destruction, inflicting torment on her and those that she loved. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I want to know more, but that's also a lot to handle in just a single episode. Yes. Uh, So trapped in a corridor um, in between a bunch of force fields and two mean, big meanies, Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney calls uh, her father, um, Jordy, to warn that they don't have much time left. And the, the trapped changelings are pounding on the force field. And they might, uh, force fields might disappear. Yeah. But Lore has taken control of the ship's systems. Whoops. The <laughs> worst thing that could possibly happen did because you made the No one saw this coming. How? Not, not, not Jordy. How? Jordy, Jordy had no idea, you know, the engineering expert. Mm-hmm. Who had, who knows how evil and and uh, cunning lore is? Let's just, let's just plug the evil robot into our yeah. computer. See what happens. Yeah, with no and like and that's the thing. Also, they they don't have they can't like I don't know like have like a closed system. That to, that's like, that's the th- thing I have a real problem with is like all of their systems are integrated. It seems yeah because like when Jordy said that earlier and he's like oh, I'm going to use the computer systems to hopefully bring back data. I'm like, okay, okay. And then, like, at this point, it's clear that he plugged him into, like, the entire ship. Yes. And and also it explained, like, a couple episodes ago that all of the ships communicate with one another. And so at this point, like, if Lord took control of this ship, he could communicate with other ships, and because they don't know the 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 immense power he has could basically maybe act like something like the, uh, the construct in uh, star Trek prodigy yeah. and destroy all of Starfleet yeah, like he could, that. He could be completely com- like completely free floating. Mm-hmm. Like he could, he could escape that body completely and mm-hmm. just like take, take control of it, make his body an entire ship or, or something. You know, <laughs> like he could, he could, he could like, he could do endlessly and be self replicating mm-hmm. and just like take over every single ship. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like why not? Like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, he, he, like he's, he's essentially, he's also like a computer program. He could just like instantly and endlessly replicate and yeah, just have a, a fuck ton of lures that whose bodies are entire ships. Oh my God. Wait a second. That that makes so much sense too, because he has Alton Soong's entire memory in him, mm-hmm. and before no one's been able to create other positronic beings except for the Soongs and Alton um. Soong. But now there's a living being in this robot that has his memory in there. Yeah, memory so, files. And yeah. so, so someone else would be able to replicate with yeah. that memory, and so self-replication. On material replicators, any fucking ship with a material replicator, yeah, he could contact it and make that happen. With yeah, how, 3D print a, ver- a, a new body for himself. Right? Come on every on single that. ship that could take over the fucking ship. <laughs> yeah. And also, with that information, he can also just, like, fuck off and then, like, just make a whole bunch of other, other on, lures. Honestly... This sounds like a way cooler plot than the season. <laughs> like, yeah. if they would have just started from the beginning with a self-replicating lore who yeah. like took over everything, I'd be like, mm. uh, "All right." I mean, it's a lot of. There'd be probably a lot of member berries involved and stuff, but that'd yeah. be a bold, interesting decision, and it would also get to see Brent Spiner play the villain the entire time. Yeah, and he's actually a pretty fun villain. If yeah. you saw the um, the Master of Disguise oh, from yeah. two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
with, yeah. with pistachio disguise <laughs> as pistachio disguise mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and as george w bush mm. and uh, am i not turtly enough for the turtle club turtle turtle <laughs> turtle turtle oh we love that don't we folks yeah it's great um so Laura is taking control of the ship's systems, including the security and transporters. When Alondra LaForge asks why, Jordy replies, it is because Lore enjoys the chaos. Great explanation, Jordy. Yes. Uh, the changeling lieutenant asks Jack how it will feel for Sydney to die for him. Well. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, as Jack glazes at her, or sorry, gazes at her, his eyes begin to glow red, and he can hear her wonder in her mind why he's looking at her like that. <laughs> I'm uh, rock fucking hard, baby. Yeah. Does he want to fuck? I don't know. <laughs> right now? <laughs> <laughs> so Vatic's hands move like an orchestra conductor uh, back back in the med bay. And she's like, <laughs> and then uh, asks Picard and Beverly if they like the symphony. Picard says he doesn't know, he wasn't aware there's music in the Great Link. And uh, Vatic is like, hey, there's not. But why would he be right? Like, I feel that's like, I feel like music is one of those things that's probably like for all higher functioning like life forms i mm-hmm. feel like music is something that's created yeah and that's the thing too is like he doesn't know shit about changelings yeah. all he knows about changelings he read yeah so far as we know he's never talked to odo or or any of the other changelings <laughs> yeah completely absent during all of the dominion war yeah <laughs> like at least that we didn't see him do anything so it's like yeah no, I mean, he always talks about the Dominion Wars, though it's something he did not take part in. Yeah. So we're led to believe that he did not take part in it. Because mm-hmm. he a little pussy like that. He's a little pussy bitch. He's too busy yeah. fucking under a waterfall to take place, take part in the... Oh, yeah, fucking under a waterfall and, and like, being afraid of Q because Q's too horny for him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cisco is like, man, fuck you, Q, and punches <laughs> him in the face and then goes and yells at gods. That's some sick-ass shit, dude. Cisco's yeah. such a baller. He is. What a baller ass motherfucker. Yeah, we love him. Great dad too. They should they should they should we should all be asking Cisco for help right now. Like Hell you yeah. think they should they should like okay, look changelings are all evil. Like, well we do have a god that's on our side, so we certainly do. We have we have wormhole Jesus. We no one's no do. one's ever thought to ask him for help for anything or anything. Yeah, he rocks so hard. We <laughs> fucking love Cisco. We need him back. Mm-hmm. We need him back. And uh, you know, Terry Metalis has said that they have a couple Hail Marys left. Mm. So I mean, they have to have uh, obviously um, Deanna Moore on here, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Deanna is going to be some key to the thing where it's going to be something. She has to read a mind or something in the end. Mm-hmm. And, figure out who's the real somebody maybe Riker and Picard or I don't mm. know man I, I feel that is like you know I maybe that does seem why they haven't had Deanna Troy like in this episode a lot she, she's because, probably gonna be the deus ex machina kind of shit yeah because yeah she her her ability I mean her late you know re, you know um psychic power is good mm-hmm. like there's but there's also like they don't they don't have any betazoids on no. this no and that, that, that's something i was wondering that'd be funny if the whole time that like jack was just especially affected by like a uh 
a betazoid uh, that was like going through menopause <laughs> because you know in that that episode yeah. of uh, DS9 mm-hmm. when uh, fucking uh, Lixwana is going through menopause it fucks everyone up makes everybody bad. horny horny hell yeah like poly water intoxication yeah. horny yeah so um um that confirms that they don't have symphonies in the great link but uh she and nine of her fellow changelings had been held during the dominion war at the daystrom institute and kept in like big jar things on shelves Mm -hmm. Uh, she recalls it had something to do with project proteus um, or Project Prostate, sorry. <laughs> uh, in that the symphony she remembers didn't have brass and strings, but the spinning of wheels down the hall and the sounds of boots squeaking on concrete, the creak of cage doors and screams of all tempos and pitches. Mm. Screams of all different tempos, interesting. I, I don't know <laughs> if I like that, but I'll get that. And above all, whistling. She recalls that the scientist at the station uh, who whistled three blind mice while she was experimenting on her and her captive changelings, subjecting them all to pain and uh, trying to turn them into weapons. And mm-hmm. she was like putting a blowtorch to them and like mm-hmm. putting them in a bong and trying to smoke with them. <laughs> like that. It was pretty cool. Pooping them out. Yeah, yeah, eating them, pooping them out, putting <laughs> putting them back in her butt and seeing if they come out as food. Yeah. Put, put them on her boyfriend's dick and seeing if they'll control it like a rat. Yeah, take, make, make, first them take, control, take the form of a rat and then seeing if they can control the penis. <laughs> Ratatouille, take control. <laughs> Ratatouille, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, it shows that the torturer is none other than... Looks exactly like Maddox. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Ama- Ama- like Amanda Maddick. Plummer. Yeah, yeah. plays the, the torturer lady. Um, so uh, <clears throat> she admits there was a happy ending, and Starfleet, in fact, created the perfect monster. And uh, so she had uh, escaped the Daystrom Institute after, like, uh, becoming the scientist, basically. Like, she, like, turned into, like, a... a evil tentacle and like shot herself through her and like became her body basically Mm -hmm. Uh, learned how to perfectly genetically replicate her so uh she says he took her she took her shape and the evolution uh from the experiments allowed her to pass on the changes to others who linked with her uh all who fooled those who had taken everything from them and so i'm wondering like did she at some point link with jack crusher and turn him into one of these mm. is that what she's saying yeah. can she turn like humans into changelings or is she saying she can like make other changelings like her she can make other changelings like her yeah okay which and this explains i guess why also like these changelings when they're in their liquid state basically just look like muscle and fat yeah because they're a different thing yeah because it it showed the other changelings before she touched them and they were just like the normal odo like changeling right right yeah just like the the brown the amber brown liquid Mm -hmm. um so uh vedic killed the scientist took a shape and um uh, allowed to pass the changes uh, so Picard is horrified learning all this information and admits he goes I didn't know there's a, there's a bunch of like uh, weird music plays in the background and once again like uh, oh, so during this scene I wanted to mention uh, there was just like so much editing 
Yeah. Like, and it was just like a bunch of lights and stuff. Mm. It was, it was too much. It was edited like a movie trailer and it even used like the, and it was actually kind of funny. Also, like the quick cuts of, of her torturing changelings mm-hmm. and just her torturing, like <laughs> just like, what looks like, um, uh, caramelized sugar. no it was it was she like put a changeling she like like dried him out and then was like scraping them off a plate you hear these like tiny high pitch going she's like she's doing this thing it's actually actually kind of like unintentionally hilarious yeah watching her torture caramelized sugar yeah that was pretty funny yeah it was kind of (laughs) but yeah but a quick edits of that and it's just like and then also her pouring acid on the sugar it's like Mm. and it's it's crazy because like these are scenes that you didn't have to do like they they spent money on finding a location going to this place like setting everything up i think it would have benefited if like it was just if this instead was just like a long shot on amanda Plummer delivering straight up a hundred percent like like her 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 allowing her to be weird yeah not even showing and like intense yeah and and your brain just fills in what they're right And, and she could have like uh like do you like my face I look just like her. You want to know how I got these scars? Why <laughs> <laughs> <I> so serious? <laughs> um, absolutely. This was this was a new one. How I got these scars? Speech. This this was, and uh, it, it was a pretty good speech though. Except yeah. like the editing ruined it. Yeah, it did. absolutely ruined it. To where I'm like. I don't, I don't I I don't know. Like my mind is already going to a thousand different places thinking about things and so I like something you know more more of a constant shot to actually like pay attention to what they're talking about and not what they're showing me, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, cutting it and showing her just put a blowtorch to like brown liquid. Yeah, and it, I'm just it like it doesn't do any it doesn't. It, yeah, I'm I'm just like <laughs> okay, they spent a lot on this and a lot of time on this, but literally they could have just let Amanda Plummer shine as an actress. Yeah, just which a, I'm sure she would have liked. Just yeah, just a just just the camera on her face. No and, and music. No music. No just, music. Or maybe just like like silent like screams in the distance yeah 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 like yeah a little bit of sound effects here and there would be fine and just and just like her just being intense and weird and Mm -hmm. that would have been a perfect show it was so much better instead yeah like her her torturing sugar and liquid like doesn't it looks funny and instead we got like a i don't know like a chemical brothers music video (laughs) i don't know it was it, it was a lot to watch and i've watched it three times now and each time i'm like oh god Mm -hmm. like i i like what she's trying to say and like the story they're trying to build here but the way they did it was i will say like those also flashbacks probably like the most lit scenes they've ever filmed it was all just Uh, yeah yeah true (laughs) i know it was like i don't know it was was high contrast yeah it was they were interestingly lit so Mm -hmm. Picard's horrified, and uh, Vatic finds it remarkable how a quote-unquote enlightened species could ignore each other's pain, and asks Picard, uh, and asks Picard if Beverly would have hidden his own son from him if she could truly feel his loss. Which is an interesting question. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she then shifts to into Jack's form uh, and asks Beverly. And he goes, Mother, are you prepared to lose another son? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right. So. Yeah, uh, well, you know, <laughs> the first one was kind of a wash, so yeah. I don't really, I don't really miss that one. Yeah, you know, I can just replicate something later. <laughs> I'm good. 
if I wanted to listen to a whiny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's old enough to leave now. I'm, I'm, yeah, he's, he's surprised yeah. he's still hanging out with me. He's been <laughs> 18 for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Just leave. Let me do my own thing. Yeah. Mom, I might need to get my. I need to drain my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Vatic returns uh, to Vatic Forum and says, "The Federation took my family. Now, I will take yours." Well, all right. So it's it's weird now that Vatic is so like bent on revenge. Yeah. Because a few episodes ago, like the the face is like, "You gotta go get him," and she's like. Nah, we're good. She's like, oh, you're going to die, and I'm going to kill you if you don't get them. You're expendable. Fuck you. Go get them. And she's like, fine. <laughs> yeah. And now she's like, I've been wanting to get you the hardest. I have the most revengest boner I've ever had for anything. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right, because, yeah, it, he, she had to be... She had to be uh, manipulated to continue the search. Th she, threatened. Threatened. Threatened she, to continue the search. She, she had Because before she was ready to give up because it was, like, too hard, and now it's just like, actually, it's been, it's been personal the entire time. Yeah. I've, want, I've wanted to kill you all this. And then it's like, well, okay, but you weren't. Like, usually to show, like, you know, you have Khan, who mm -hmm. was so desperate to get Kirk, he fucked E. He, he like did very irrational things that ended up causing his own demise and <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i i got a i got a theory here uh, why so serious <laughs> vatic is the joker so 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 vatic's just a regular changeling that was born after this whole great link thing never had to deal with any pain oh, yeah. or torture or anything just as like a shitty weird criminal with like only wants to cause chaos oh, yeah. that's the only thing they want to do and they're like ooh, they like read a fucking pad about picard and they're like "Ooh, i know how to cause chaos <laughs> um or or like this changeling was tortured but it was only but while the other changelings were tortured with the like the scraping and the boiling mm -hmm. uh she was forced to watch the dark night <laughs> over and over and over and over again. She she was uh, forced to be like a, a urinal cake, and she's like, ah, "Jokes on you! This is my fetish." <laughs> uh, that would be awesome if she did. Like, I'm going to take this spookiest form you humans know, and then yeah, it takes the form of the Heath Ledger Joker. <laughs> That's how crazy and nuts I am. For some reason, I like clocks. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't know where you were going with that, and I thought you were going to say Heathcliff the cat. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, awesome. "Whoa, dude, this is out there, man!" Yeah. Uh, so Sydney warns uh, Sydney LaForge uh, now warns her father that the Shield regulators are beginning to fail, as the Changeling crew uh, continues to pound away and uh, the, mock them and call them solids. So at this point is where we actually know that um, the Vatic's crew is Changelings. I think. Yes. So. Yeah, Which is weird because, yeah, as you mentioned, like one of them decided to be the biggest one. <laughs> yeah, Just, and that know. happens to be the toughest one as well. I guess so. Yeah, it's the final boss. You have to yeah, have, uh, final boss. Uh, yeah, they they can, literally can choose whatever form they want. 
Yeah. Well, he's, <laughs> he's the big, big mean one. But it's also weird, like, none of them choose to have any sort of, like, other physical advantage besides Like another size. arm? Or yeah, like, huge, mul- like uh, multiple arms. We know, we know they all have a huge penis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're just all like, hanging dong. Even, even the ones who choo- choose to be ladies, just, like, mm-hmm. just extra penis. They got a gawk. And, like, <laughs> and... And also, when the dick hole opens, another smaller dick comes out of, Ooh, out of the like, dick hole. Like, like a xenomorph. Yeah, like a xenomorph. Yeah, that's pretty and cool. And it oh. just like... And oh, then, I like that. Yeah. Oh. They can choose whatever they want. Yeah, and also, like, an, and inside that dick is, like, um, a uh, prehensile uh, feeler of some kind that they can use and grab things. <laughs> I agree with that. And also, what we don't see is also there's a, another changeling... Mm-hmm. That has decided to take the form of a rat that is <laughs> that is, control- <laughs> that is, that is controlling their pubes. That is like hadn't gone for the pubes. Come, come. <laughs> so, um, uh, Jordy tries to reach out to Data inside the android, but Lore replies that Data can't fight him. In sick bay, Beverly worries that Vatic is too calm. She has a plan, and if they let her slip out. She will take Jack with her. Yeah, don't let it slip out. Oh, no, no. Zip. Uh, <laughs> as long as they're on board, Vatican and her crew are a threat, and uh, that everything she told them, she wanted them to know. She asks why Vatic would take the face of her torturer, and Picard believes it was to remind herself of her hate, which is like, why, why are you pathologizing this, this poor lady who was tortured? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so Picard concedes that Beverly is right, that Vatic is an executioner for her cause, and that they would get no more from her as he draws his phaser. Oh, great. Violence is mm-hmm. the answer, I guess. Yeah, I know. He's just like, well, there is one thing we can do. Yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> so Jordy continues to try to appeal to Data, uh, knowing he's still in there, and that life rarely gave second chances to say what one should and uh this is a very weepy scene so you got the violins going and shit mm-hmm. um, yeah the music gets really loud at this point a, it, it doesn't feel exactly earned i mean i guess it is because jordy should have had a much better goodbye to data but mm-hmm. like these two characters were only just reintroduced in the last episode yeah and so it doesn't really feel earned to me but mm-hmm. that's whatever um so uh he believes data um oh and i also wrote here it's weird that they write the show like you've both never watched star trek and at the same time you've watched all of star trek Mm -hmm. because it's like they 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 have like deep lore references uh, lore (laughs) uh, here and there but like a lot of them they like ham-fistedly explain when i'm like yeah like earlier when they they very much spelled out like data and lore again for the audience i'm like yeah first off like if, if this is the first episode of any Star Trek you're watching, you're not, it's not going to do well. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this thing is not episodic enough. It's, you need to watch the narrative. You need to have the context of a lot of shit going down. Yeah. So, and plus, like, there is, I mean, like, we, I think we've already talked about it, but just mm-hmm. like the why of putting Lawrence <laughs> in the first place. It, yeah. That, that to me is like, what the fuck are you doing soon? He's like, well, you need the evil thing to make you more human. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> like, if anything, like, that's the bad thing that we don't want. 
So uh, Jordy says that he believes Data made him a better man, a better father, and a better friend. He begins to break down as he admits it broke him when Data died. But the memory of Data also helped put him back together. So going back to the med bay, Picard asks Beverly if time has changed who they were so much that they would compromise what they believe. Beverly admits that she is indeed losing her moral compass, uh, which is, as you pointed out, kind of crazy that they still know what a compass is. But <laughs> yeah. th there's a lot of naval references yeah, all, there around, is. all around Star yeah. Trek, so that's fine. In fact, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, when she was actually accepted as a member of Starfleet, uh, Captain Archer gave to pull a compass. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there in the corner. I'm there in the spotlight, losing my convictions. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That's a, that is a song. Yeah. It does not have the word compass in it. No, but she's like losing her conviction. Is that what she said? What? When she's like, you know, and he's like using the gun. Once he's the gun. Have we lost who we are or something? Oh, com compromise what we believe. Oh, compromise. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I, I see where you're yeah, going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was very <laughs> confused. So uh, the decision is uh, made for them, however, as Laura takes control and mocking Jordy's attempts to appeal to Data uh, so I can disable some more shit. Uh, when Jordy asks what she, he wants, Laura replies that he wants no more than Jordy wants for his children and what the changelings wanted for themselves, survival. Mm. Uh, he decides to level the playing field, saying the enemies of my enemies, well, you know the rest. <laughs> uh, and he quips that, and then alarms begin to go off. Lore is taking complete control of the security fields and takes them offline. Because, <laughs> of course, like, who thought of this? <laughs> the biggest fucking idiots. Yeah. So uh, Laura is taking complete control of the security fields and takes them offline. Uh, as the one around Vatic falls, she goes into liquid form and escapes through the ventilation systems, even as Picard and Beverly fire directly on her. So they're trying to kill this fleeing prisoner again. And that's, I want, I want to be very clear, this program feels it is very okay and morally right and has the heroes. Worf did it in episode, yeah. well, like three or something. Yeah. Four. Um, maybe five. I don't know. Uh, they think whoever's writing the show thinks it's totally okay to fire on and kill fleeing captives. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, they, 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 they wouldn't have done in any original Star Trek. And, <laughs> Even in DS9, when war is hell and shit like that, that's, that's, that's some fucked up stuff. Yeah, I, I, I was, like, expl uh, explaining um, the new season of Picard to my brother, and mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, so Worf's a pacifist, but I think he's killed more people in, in, uh, in the last few episodes than he did in the entire run of TNG and DS9. Absolutely. <laughs> like, unless you, you know, include the stuff... You know the, the the battle runs he did with Martok. When, yeah, <laughs> you know they killed like millions of Jem'Hadar because yeah. Martok's a baller. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so the force fields trapping uh, the crew also go down, and another force field is brought up between Jack and Sydney, which is like what, like what, <laughs> like like at this point, like Lore is just trying to get them killed individually, I guess. 
Yeah. So why why was why would Lore have any kind of beef with them? He doesn't know any of these people at all. No. He hasn't <laughs> interacted with Jack or Sydney. Yeah, or like, like he like he's waking up 30 odd years in the future from what and so he has <laughs> no idea who yeah, like Jack, Sydney, they're complete unknowns to him. He just, yeah. he's just like, but it, he just like understands, like, oh, I can toy with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does he even understand the relation that they have that they share with Picard and Jordy? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's been listening through data and stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's not well explained and it's not well set up. And I'm just like, why did he put up a force field between them? Besides, oh, now they have to fight their own fights against their own respective fucking changelings yeah like everyone in this episode is jokerfied that's very true like we have we have jokerfied lore we have jokerfied vatic you're not wrong this is a super (laughs) you know what this episode does Uh, you know we're living in a society yeah it lives in a society yeah absolutely like this is like the who you say first (laughs) i I have two people trapped in separate separate uh You, you, you okay there? Yeah. Oh, you're doing a little Nicky impression, oh, yeah. I say. In <laughs> separate, separate force fields with, with something that's going to try to kill them. Who will you see? <laughs> Who will live? Who will die? It's your choice, Jordy. It's it's a real Sophie's choice. For yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd ch- probably choose my daughter. I'd, I'd be like, well, yeah, that Jack Crusher, you can go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jack Rusher, he seems like... He, he might be a changeling anyway. I don't even... Yeah, who cares? No, no one even knows. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Jordy continues to try to reach through to Data. Uh, although briefly disarmed, Jack is able to retrieve his phaser and kill his attacker pretty easily. But Sydney is now left to the mercy of the giant changeling lieutenant who beats the shit out of her and slams her face into the force field, which is actually a pretty cool move. I kind of like that. Yeah. Like... I don't know, this whole action thing. They're not great at it. Uh, Jordy rages at Lore to let his daughter go. As they make eye contact, they uh, the same red glow in Jack's eyes can be seen in Sydney's, and they are able to read each other's thoughts. Mm. Although separated by the force field, Jack guides her movements against the big evil lieutenant. And <laughs> like he's doing a spin, and she's doing a spin in the exact same way. And uh, let me tell you, I hated this. Yeah. Yeah. I Every time I watched it, I was <laughs> like, damn it. This is dumb. <laughs> I mean, like, if he can read her thoughts and stuff, can he just, like, ma- think about it and make her do it? Does he have to do the physical emotions himself? So, yeah, and this is also, like, okay, so is this what the Iridian whatever's thing is? Like, is it, like, actually, like, latent... Um, telepathy or something. I guess, but, you know, Picard, it never worked at all for him in 90 years yeah. plus. And he's like, and he spent fucking years around a half Betazoid and a fucking Betazoid was trying to fucking suck his dick for years <laughs> and she could literally read his thoughts and never, nothing ever came uh, up. You know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, like uh, Jack is the Kwisatz Haderach, like uh, from Dune. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> he's the is that po- a Star Trek he's, reference? He's, he's, I don't think I know what you're talking about. Picard is uh, Duke Leto. Oh, wow. Oh, Riker is um, fucking uh, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. 
and um uh, actually you know what no i'm sorry data is because they keep bringing him back oh that's he true he can't fucking <laughs> die. die die already <laughs> beverly's lady jessica and yeah and of course oh, okay yeah. I'm, I'm seeing i'm, I'm picking, up what, you're so, I'm picking like, up what you're putting down so like uh 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 jack crusher is now like the the product of of uh all this like breeding, this breeding program that's been going on uh-huh. for thousands of years, and he has all the latent latent powers that, and he's going to bring home, bring back a uh, bring home the bacon, bring home the bacon, you can yeah. bring home the bacon with his big red eyes, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me check out those big red eyes, baby. Oh yeah, and like just like you know how Paul gets blue eyes, he has red eyes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um. And then he, because he has a rat dick, he can be like, <laughs> the mice must flow. <laughs> so, uh, finally, uh, Data is, oh, so, um, although separated, like, Jack is able to, like, take control of Sydney's body and kill the lieutenant, basically. And yeah. It's like, it made me groan the entire time. Finally, Data is able to take control of the body and uh, brings down the force field between Jack and Sydney. Sydney tries to figure out how she was able to hear Jack's voice in her head and holds her phaser on him. Not sure what to make of him, which is probably a good idea. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, whoa, can you do wait? it again? I'd be like, <laughs> can you just make me come? <laughs> I'm not a fucking rat. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a rat. I'm not a rat. I'm not a dick rat. Okay? I'm not a dick rat. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I shave off all my pubes, so I couldn't have a dick rat. It's because now, you don't you don't want to ha- be under the command of a rat. So I, I kind of do though. Ah, uh, well, you got to grow them out. Shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Or you get a merkin. Ooh, merkin. Good. Point. Yeah, but I'm not sure if like a merkin will be able to have that same ability to control that the same uh, je ne sais quoi yeah you yeah know. you wouldn't yeah i'm not sure if it would actually work in the same way unfortunately i'm sorry right right gotta put a patina on it <laughs> yeah whatever it's it's like the rainforest baby i got two rats down there <laughs> one controlling the dick one controlling the bowels <laughs> <laughs> i mean i figure i should probably have a prostate rat too right? oh yeah yeah so yeah, i mean there's enough hair down there for that too mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, Jack tries to reassure Sydney as they suddenly hear whistling down the hall. And guess what? It's Vatic. She Vatic. found him. She found him. Uh, they both quickly make their exit down the other end of the hallway. Uh, back with Beverly and Picard, she consults the Daystrom archive on Project Proteus um, and discovers that the formula used in the experiments contained... Uh, Tholium 847, a stabilizing agent with a half-life of 100 years. So how how does she have access? Is Data just giving them access to this? <coughs> Did Data not give them this information before? I'm confused how she, I mean, gets this information from the, the Daystrom archive. Mm. How, yeah. Yeah, how? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> That's fine, whatever. So... <clears throat> In theory, this means that Vatican and her crew have trace amounts. Oh, sorry. Uh, she looks up uh, Project Proteus and discovers the formula you used in the experiments used Tholium 847, a stabilizing, stabilizing agent with a half life of 100 yeah, years. Yeah, because you feel like, how would that be accessible to her? It's like top secret. 
Yeah, it's like that. That's why they had to break into the Daystrom station is get the manifest. And I didn't think that they opened up the manifest yet. And I yet, and I thought they'd make a bigger deal when they got into the manifest. Yeah. But this is just like a passing thing. Like, oh, let me look into the Daystrom thing. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Good thing all the answers are directly there. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> so. <clears throat> In theory, they say they uh, this means that Vatic and her crew have trace amounts of uh, tholium eight four seven in their system, which would allow them to be tracked. Uh, they find Vatic and her lieutenant on deck nine using the computer, and Picard warns Shaw not to let them near the bridge access lifts. Shaw is already on his way with his security team firing upon them. Uh, the lieutenant vaporizes the security team, but Shaw brings him down though not permanently, as he reforms behind the captain in a different form and hurls him into the turbo lift with Vatic. Shaw orders the bridge to destroy the lift, but it proves to be too late. Shaw, fucked up, collapses to the deck, but the lift appears otherwise empty. However, we see Vatic and her crew reforming from the floor, holding seven at gunpoint while the rest of the changeling uh, orders emerge from around them they fucked up they fucked up this is so this just proves don't don't let picard make the plan picard made the <laughs> shittiest yeah. fucking plan i'm surprised like they didn't have any scenes of shaw just being like no 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 yeah yeah <laughs> like, like shaw seemed to have no input on this plan yeah when they're like uh it's you know it's it's uh it's like we don't have an advantage but what if we do shaw's just like we don't <laughs> we don't no i'm telling you don't no don't. all this bad idea <laughs> let's not can we don't please yep can we don't please so uh, Vatic opens a channel to the entire ship, saying they have proven themselves worthy, and not without guile, before asking what defense would be formidable against the formless. She had warned them it would come to this, and that they could have saved themselves the trouble if they had cooperated with her earlier. Mm-hmm. She emphasizes she acted not out of cruelty, but instead out of mercy to them. To be mutable, fluid, means nothing what the river knows. Or sorry, it means knowing what the river knows. That there are many ways to the same sea. I like this line. This was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, now that they are in the same place, they were always meant to be. To bring Jack where he most needed to be. At that moment, Jack and Sydney arrive in sickbay. As she seats herself in the captain's chair, Vatic declares herself the new captain of the Titan. It doesn't really work that way. It has to be transferred. <laughs> yeah, she, like, yeah, there's there's safety protocols in place where to, to prevent that exactly from happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, the like, ship's not going to respond to her right, commands. Right. If, if, if I were her, if I, I were Seven and Shaw, I would, like, immediately, like, rip off my, my pips and make it look like I'm just an ensign or something. Yeah. So they wouldn't know to, you know replicate me and take the ship that way what, what, but the, she did already but, seem to have a lot of information about everybody she did but she, i don't know i don't know that I, is something that they did do like during like eight you know 
naval battles back in the day where yeah. it, <laughs> and they, have, they have override codes and stuff like in case someone's taking over the ship like this yeah too. like what's your what's your codes to get in and then like give her give her the, like the give her the one to make the ship go, go like the, eject the warp core yeah exactly so, <laughs> and like it'll like yeah. it would inject eject the warp core and make everything on the ship completely dead yeah it's uh, <laughs> uh the, the code is uh 6969420 yeah mm-hmm. oh, fine i'll use your code and then everything becomes black and then yeah the the ship just breaks the ship just bricks yeah (laughs) literally just bricks in the middle just like an old nokia phone yeah yeah. (laughs) doesn't explode like a tesla but yeah just 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 bricks and yeah. yeah just becomes yeah completely inert in space indeed so uh what do you what do you think of this old episode mr patrick atrick Yeah, this one was kind of a stinker. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, it's kind of sad because I feel this series start like this season has start, started to win me over, mm-hmm. but the last episode and this episode like just have really stupid decisions. And, yeah, and that especially like just talking about it, like yeah, we came across some some glaring plot holes that w- don't make any sense. The the way they wrote. <laughs> data and lore into the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense and is a lot no. of a series of it like, seems like they need, like okay how are we going to wedge data and lore into this season mm-hmm. um make make him a security system what like why would alton alton soon agree to that like that's like like that's the pinnacle of his creation. Well, well, Picard was the, technically the pinnacle of his creation. Yeah, I, I don't know if he did agree to that. Or but it seemed like he did. Cause like, thir- yeah, because he had the like the 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 fucking like the Disneyland the the Disney World video of, hey, this is my creation. Welcome. Here's my yeah. little TED talk. Yeah, it's a hall of presidents, but with androids. This is this is this is my life's work, and now he's going to be squirreled away as a security system. And a manifest for all manifest. of the evil secret projects, like draining Captain Kirk's cum with a jackhammer. Remember, I had a whole planet with like with uh, with a uh, positronic uh, people, the androids. Remember that night we lived and we lived and did I did whatever experiments I wanted. And remember when I that had was that? two years ago. I wonder what happened to those androids. You know, <laughs> you know, it's probably they're all, not, they're all synthetics. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not good that they're just. Out there, all these positronic androids. Yeah, but I'm really into data and lore. You know, two androids I didn't create, and you know, I'm just gonna make them like the manifest for this thing. You know, yeah, because uh, my like my dad dad made them. <laughs> yeah, dad made them. My dad 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 dad. Yeah, great dad dad. Yeah, whoever was it his was. grandpa? I don't I don't know who. I'm not even sure how. how th- it works. Was it his dad, or, or his maybe it was his dad? Him. It was someone pretty recent. Because I mean, yeah, data was created. Uh, oh gosh, I guess like 50, 60 years ago at this point. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then when, um, yeah, and when he met Soong, Soong was like fucking like a hundred and right. years old, just like yeah, basically yeah. falling apart. Yeah, so maybe he did like have like a baby, but but I guess also at the at the ripe old age of like ninety years old. That's the thing too is like, uh, I mean, I- I'm led to believe that the Soongs are just like clones or something because yeah. I mean they all, all look the same. They all see, they all have the same drive. Yeah, and they they literally like their genetics don't change over the course of like I don't know twenty generations. <laughs> yeah. Which unless they're into some Habsburg shit, yeah. In which case, like they wouldn't be scientists at that point. They'd be science experiments. You know what's really missing yeah. is a a female soon also played by Brent Spiner. 
you sold me. <laughs> that's, that, that's the next scene. Honestly, Brent Spiner and Drag would honestly be a real delight, I think. I think it's like, oh, be- I just made a new android. <laughs> Oh, hello, boys. Hello, boys. You want to hear about some positronics? <laughs> just has some, like, extremely large breasts. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Big old honkers. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Yeah. Ooh, how about, well, what if he's a cat girl? The next soon is a cat girl. Yeah. I've altered my genetics to also get myself cat ears and a tail. And kind of a little cat penis. <laughs> and a cat <laughs> vagina in my butt. <laughs> So I got the barb and the thing. <laughs> so I got a barb dick <laughs> and a bloody pussy. Yeah. Um wow, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, this podcast sucks. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought this episode kind of sucked too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was it was it was fine narratively, I guess. It's just like I feel like they're getting to the point, as I think I said at the beginning, where they're like really rushing to finish the story. Yeah. And they left it a little too spacious at the beginning. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't, did. They didn't like, leave enough like breadcrumbs or Chekhov's guns or anything like that to where like, oh, I see what's going on here. And I, I'm pretty sure like going back and watching the first few episodes, there's not going to be Easter eggs that I'm like, oh, Oh, the whole time. But yeah, but even still, if there were like that, it completely meaningless because we're still, mm-hmm. have, you know, figuring everything out. And it seems like it's, it, like, I think I said that, like, I felt like there was too much, in, just too much intrigue and not enough meat in that the, first well, this, episode. Yeah, it totally. And this episode was like nothing but exposition. Yeah. Which a little exposition is fine, but mm-hmm. good golly. Like they, they're really trying to tackle what the fuck's going on with Jack. Yeah. Uh, and the entire Vatic thing in the exact same episode. And that's yes. like, yeah, those, those are two of the densest subjects in this entire series. And like, they're that's really, all we've been wondering this entire time. Yeah. Like what, like, what, what the va- fuck is up with Jack? What the fuck is up with Vatic? Mm-hmm. And, and also like, what the fuck is up with the face basically? Yes. And they, they hit two out of those three kind <laughs> of all at once. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you have three episodes left and, uh, so, I don't know. Um, so, I'm still hoping uh, that face. I'm. I, I'm wondering if it's Odo. That'd be interesting because, um, like, because like Vatic did uh-huh. talk with affection about Odo. Did, did remember? Vatic, I don't. Yeah, remember Vatic was like one of our own. Oh, yeah. Brought the. Brought oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting idea. Yeah. If, if Odo was radicalized. Yeah. Why not evil Odo? I mean, because he wasn't experimented on. Because they said they uh, they were experimented on during the Dominion War. But uh, but uh, Odo could have seen it. It could have like heard about this. True, and then like gone rogue. Fuck them. That would have that would actually be really cool. I don't think they're gonna do that because that's too cool. And also, like, it'd probably be they'd probably feel it was insulting to Rene Arbogon. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, that's kind of insulting to the actor. But who knows? Maybe they're just like, fuck yeah. it, let's make evil Odo. <laughs> Yeah, and so, oh gosh, who, like, at this point, do you have any predictions what it's going to be? You have Odo. You think it might be Odo? I think it, it I mean, could. I, have, I mean, I have no clue. Like. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, it, it could be, I think, maybe, like, Locutus or something. Mm. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that Odo shiz. 
Yeah. But uh, and I, I still don't know what the fuck's going on with Jack, like where his powers are from. So, they're probably going to come up with some obscure thing yeah, that we're not even thinking so of. So you, you know what I'm really afraid they're going to do? And this is actually no. probably my biggest prediction here is I think ultimately like the big bad of the season is going to be like section 31. I mean, obviously they are because yeah. like, you know, Vatic is is really mad because of section 31. So mm-hmm. like the original genesis of the the villain's you know, anger is from Starfleet to begin with, which they've done before. They've done making the Picard clone to sabotage things before, Yeah, you know, and Nemesis. And so this is a lot of stuff they've done before, which is whatever. But I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm wondering if maybe the face is like a Section 31 thing. Mm. And Section 31 is actually Vatic's handler, and she doesn't know it. Mm. Yeah. Could be. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Section Thirty One just trying to like is trying to uh, create a Dominion War Two. I guess, and it's like it's it's so weird. I don't understand where the politics of this lie, because like on the last episode, you know, Vatic was you know torturing Riker, and that was clearly a bad thing. Yeah. But then we have the the scenes of you know a wharf and Raffi torturing people that are clearly they haven't you know, painted those as bad. And I don't think they're going to during the series Mm -hmm. and they were successful in helping them on their mission, which, you know, I think paints them as good. Yeah. Right. And then we had Vatic's torture, which is bad. Yeah, exactly. And And so like, it's like, what, 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 make up your mind here. Yeah. Yeah. Torture, good torture, bad. Yeah. Like Vatic getting torture is good when it's done for the good re for the, for the best reasons. But if if torture by other people, Oh, I think the difference is it's, it's bad when section 31 does it, but when Starfleet intelligence does Uh, it, cause they're not shady. They do their torture more out in the open, (laughs) like in actual city streets. Yeah. So Section 31 just has uh-huh. to take off the black badge and just put on a normal badge, and oh, their torture's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right. So if you, yeah, so it's like if a CIA officer goes, I'm a CIA officer, then they get to torture you. Yes. But if they don't announce themselves, they're not allowed to torture <laughs> It's like, uh-oh, you're an illegal black site. Torture bad. <laughs> yeah. But, so. Uh, you're, we're torturing you to get information to prevent a terrorist ter- uh, terrorist uh, act. Torture, good. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, why is Section Thirty One hiding all of their most secret evil projects in the science station that everybody knows about? Yeah, Daystrom ta- Station has been talked about endlessly on, <clears throat> since the since like TOS, and at least in like um, what is it um, Star Trek Into Darkness, mm-hmm. like. It, they section 31 hid there like in the beginning the section 31 headquarters is in like a fucking library yeah yeah exactly and, completely, yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. in the in the because like yeah like uh, kirk's like well why would they blow up a library and he's mm-hmm. just like you fool you dumb idiot section 31's under there you know mm-hmm. and it's just like and it's like oh yeah because obviously like they're not going to fucking telegraph where the real <laughs> where where the real shit's going down yeah yeah but instead like this this extrajudicial shady organization that up until ds9 at least literally nobody was supposed to know about yeah um yeah they they just like you know they have they have a fucking weird the ripley's believe it or not of their own over (laughs) on daystrom station and by the way it's incredibly easy to break into it's weird that they don't call it daystrom institute Yeah. Because it's definitely Daystrom Institute, and I think they've called it that, like, once. Yeah. But they keep on calling it, like, Daystrom Station, like it's not a science institute. Yeah. Because that's what it is. And that's the the thing, like, you know, you always, like, when it's referenced in the past, you just assumed, like, it was just, like, 
the greatest minds that you know uh from all over that would come together to create like things that would improve humanity humanity yeah, and, yeah. and 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 said it's like nope we got the torture shit there we got yep. the we got the crazy weapons there we got the we got the evil robot it's fucking quantico dog <laughs> it's, it's Quan- fucking yeah, it's quantico yeah well Cool, super, cool, 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 super, super duper Quant- awesome. It's Guantanamo Bay. As <laughs> yeah, well. it's like it's like why not? Uh, yeah. Yep, Guantanamo Space Nine. <laughs> Guantanamo Space Nine. <sighs> so I'm beginning to lose my hope here. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give this episode a four. That's I, fair. I think at this point, I'm pretty sure like my my ratings average out to like about a five even. Yeah. Uh, I don't have hope for this, which is great because <laughs> I won't have to review the entire first season of Young Sheldon. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it, it was kind of cool seeing Tuvok. Like that a, was cool, and yeah. yeah apparently, uh, Tim Russ said on Twitter that he's going to be in two episodes. That, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah. hopefully, we'll we'll get to see the real Tuvok. That'd be neat. Mm. We love a, a Tim Russ, or maybe he'll uh, just play a guy in the background playing with his blues band, <laughs> yeah. the Tim Russ blues band. He's actually a pretty good guitarist. I was yeah. actually surprised. I saw. Yeah, maybe this cameo in the next episode and the uh, other episode that he's in is just like his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> it falls out of a closet. Like, <laughs> just like this, like the transporter his coffin flops. <laughs> the coffin flop. Yeah, it does his coffin flop. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, any any other predictions? Anything you loved, hated, um, masturbated? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is interesting. I feel like they should, probably should have been teasing like a um, a Jack and Sydney kind of romance, maybe a little earlier because we still we only got like what three episodes to really see that come yeah. to fruition. Yeah, we got. But I it mean, seems like it's kind of teasing it. Yeah, we got we got. I mean, half a season kind of to develop that, but it's like it's it's not something we want or need do you do you think like maybe this is also like the groundwork for um a spinoff with jack crusher and the others unfortunately yes i do yeah um and i i i, I don't need i don't want actually jack crusher in the like the, the actor's fine enough I don't like this storyline or like really think that Genesis is believable or interesting really. It'd be, it'd be, but it'd be fun if we had like a Captain Shaw. Yeah, no, I, I like Captain Shaw. I like, um, it'd be called, it'd be called like Titan Star yeah, Trek. Yeah. Titan. I like Sydney LaForge. I, yeah. I even like uh seven. Like yeah, I, I think they have they seven, could, uh, seven as a commander. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could do some interesting stuff with that. Um, you know they they, they do have uh, I, I like a uh, uh, fucking hot butch Bulk, Vulcan lady. Oh, yeah. I don't know anybody else's name because they don't say anybody. They don't name. say anybody's name, and it like this bothers me. This is the same thing in Discovery. Um, it's actually kind of the same thing in Strange New Worlds too. Although I do know everybody on the bridge's name there. No, they 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 actually say everyone's name there pretty yeah, often because yeah. they have a pretty small cast. But yeah, and yeah, you pretty much know who everybody is and what they're doing on the bridge, which is yeah. like with Discovery and uh Picard, we're just like no idea. I mean, that's the the Pelms per, or communications man, I don't know. They yeah. they're they're the person with the thing on their head that looks like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't fucking know. No. Um, yeah, and so I really wish they would actually like say the names of the other crew members because they like will report things, and they could be like you know, blank your name report, 
and, like they do on Star Trek, but they don't. And yeah, just and like, I, yeah, I would have definitely also liked yeah more Shaw input on. Yeah, on Shaw stuff. had a couple lines and did a couple things in this episode, but last episode he had like no lines. Yeah, and they really like kind of cut him out as a character with a voice and a uh, an agency because yeah. he should be more so than anyone kind of calling the shots here. Yeah, but I was surprised a, to see him actually just like taking a taking a phaser and going directly uh, engaging right. directly in battle. Like you're important, dude. Yeah, you're the captain. And also like, <laughs> but also like Picard's like fucking like all of his plans so far have been dog shit. Yeah, and only gotten them in deeper and deeper shit. And and Shaw's like, oh, you have a you have a plan to capture Vatic. Let's try it out. It's really? like, uh, can, can I can I spell out like uh, where this can go wrong? Yeah, and like because like as, and also yeah, this does go it did go like complete ass up. I, I well, I mean, I think we can blame that on the dumbest decision ever of Jory to be like, yeah, let me plug him into the entire ship's computers. It's interesting that yeah, like it didn't seem like even like Shaw was aware this was happening either. Mm-hmm. No. I don't think he, yeah, because I don't think Shaw was in the room when they were talking no. about that whole thing. It was because no. it was like Beverly, uh, not Sydney. It was the Picard. Other it was Picard who gave it the green light. Right. Yeah. So like Shaw, he doesn't have any authority. No. That yeah, you think you think anyone else would have brought up like actual concern with like putting the evil robot into the computer? But yeah. Hey, who knows? You know, let's just make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's great. It's like, uh, you know, he uh, he was just a a playful, highly malfunctioning security system. Maybe we should hook up to all of our systems. <laughs> yeah. Just see, see what happens. Yeah. Because, you know, the playful, malfunctioning part of him was the good part. We didn't even see lore on fucking Daystrom. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. Ugh. People so stupid. Yeah, they, they do be they do be stupid like mm-hmm. that. Uh so yeah, didn't love it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a stinker. Um yeah, and also like the production of it, the direction of it. Fucking they, they're just like the bright lights coming from behind every single the, character. The, yeah, the way it was it was directed like both a music video and a trailer. It was just like too much, too much stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Too many cuts were going on. There was way too much music that was like too emotionally evocative and I'm mm-hmm. like I just want to listen. I just want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Uh, kind of useless action, whatever. It was whatever. Mm. I'm losing a little faith. I ain't got faith of the heart. You know no. what I'm saying? Losing the faith. Losing the faith. All right. Well, you got anything else, brother? Nah, I'm good. I think we'll wrap it up there then. Well, soldiers, it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as rule... Soytrek rule of ass lickzition number 969 says, don't do 9-11. No, don't. Bad idea. All right. Doesn't make anybody happy. (laughs) All right. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and unwilly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 soy. Shh.
fucking hubris.